Hello. I can't. Hello. Hi. Uh, I can't tell if this is the latest we've recorded in the day or whether it's just because of the. It's so dark outside. It, it is. Both in our bathrobes. We are. <laughs> I'm very are we tired this as well. Late in the day before. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we have. It's just the seasons playing tricks on us. It is. Anyway, we're both comfortable. I'm pretty with, uh, damn comfy. Cup of tea. I said before we started, I was, was going to have a rum, but I've had a headache all day. Uh-huh. And I thought, a rum is probably not the best idea, because I had a few rums last night when I was watching season two of The Boys. Yeah, boy. My little boy's that. growing he's... up. He's deciding, oh, you know what? Actually, I won't drink tonight. <laughs> That'll be a good thing to not do. If I didn't have a headache, probably would have done. I'm off tomorrow. I'm proud of you. Have you watched The Boys yet? Yeah, it's, I, I've watched those first I've three episodes. I've watched the first so. episode. Oh, I've, I've, you watched all three? Yeah, yeah. It's good shit, man. Oh. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> I know, I'd, I'd already pretty much guessed, because it, like, it was on like five stars on Amazon, and I looked last night, and it was on three and a half already, and there's only three episodes out. Really? Yeah. It's very, very good. I liked the first episode. But anyway... This week, this episode is about is Harry Potter. The boys. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, there are boys in it. There are boys. Not the boys. Couple Some boys. Of. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Pete's final choice of the season. Yeah. Yes. You say that as if there's like the seventeen more episode. episodes, and you've picked them all. Well, I didn't say how many there'd been. Oh, did I get all the middle episodes? Yeah, I got episode three, four, uh, and five, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, they're all the shitty it's album been... tracks, aren't they? The ones in the middle. <laughs> it's the it's two. The, it's the, the ones at the start and the end that you listen for. Oh god! It's been Pete season. We need to rejig <sighs> this order next time, just so I'm not album track material. <laughs> You're not album. I fodder. don't want to be an album track. Pete the Filler Jones. <laughs> That can be both your porn star name and your podcast name. Uh, well, I, I'm copywriting it as we speak. Okay. Uh, right. Shall we just get in with the theme tune? Okay. There's no way of getting it without being uh, cheesy. Okay. Can you say it? Can you say, uh, like, get, give us an introduction, but in, like, a Hagrid impression? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> this is payback for Rorschach. <laughs> yeah, but yours was good. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there, mate. That's not- My name's Agrid. That's what's going to sound like. That's what I feel like it's going to be. A cockney. I know. Thanks for explaining. Right, here, here comes the theme tune. That was alright. Be yeah, alright, Harry was alright. I feel like you lost it near the end, but you know, full yeah. marks for trying. Thank you. You did pop me on the spot. I was trying to get away from that this week. It was either none of us do it <laughs> or you do it, and I couldn't think of a way for you to do it. I thought you were gonna say in the style of Daniel Radcliffe and it'd be like, Oh my god, here's the theme tune and that would have been not saying there's a good impression, just poor acting. And you'll just like whip out an already open condom from underneath the screen, just like he does on extras. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is open, isn't it? He's going to reuse yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he's already open, and he flicks on someone's head, doesn't 
Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna use this bad boy later. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, I read your Hufflepuff edition. Yeah, which boy. Is here, which is bright yellow, and very nearly had to watch the VHS <laughs> until the film, because until you came around. It's and not on streaming services. I've only got it on VHS. Everyone that asked, apart from you, only had it on VHS. Really? Which was so, which was so weird. That I shows... couldn't find anyone who had it on DVD. That, I thought that was like just me and my family that kept VHSs. I didn't realise that it, like everyone keeps VHSs. Apparently so. Like my parents didn't even have a VHS checked. player, and they've still got I like four hundred on the VHS version. Before we started recording, because when I was watching the DVD, I was sure there was a line missing. <laughs> And before we started watching it, I was like, I wonder if the VHS edit is any different to the DVD edit. Just because, like, who's going to check that? <laughs> no one's going to watch a VHS now. And I was sure there was a, a line in the potions class that was missing, but we'll 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 get to that. I ended up being wrong. I just fast-forwarded it, which took about, you know, half my life so you've, to get to the point that I So that was I a pointless to. story, then? It was a pointless story, I wanted yeah. to check if there was a line missing, and there wasn't. <laughs> Thumbs up, it guys. Kind of is. It kind of is. It's not. It's not as empty as a story as it sounds. Okay. I um, fucking hope but, not. Yeah. So we'll be focusing today on the original book, which came out in 1997, written by J.K. Rowling. 1997. And the film. I know. I feel old. And the film, which came out in 2001, directed by. Do you know this? Chris Columbus, wasn't it? Yeah. First two. Who has Chris obviously Columbus. made a very Conscious decision to not go by Christopher Columbus as his professional name. <laughs> as he explores the world of cinema. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> nice joke. <laughs> Did you not like that? Yeah, it was alright. It was alright. I was you know what? I'm a bit jealous because I was trying to think of an ex- exploring pun and I I quickly just put it to bed straight away. I was like, you know what, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it on the spot. I'm jealous of your spotness. Okay, well, I'll let you have one. I'll write one for you next Cheers. time. Cheers. Cheers. Send it in, like, Facebook chat or something while we're doing this. Yes. Uh, I'm going to echo kind of what I said in the Watchmen episode, in that I think this one's going to be a fairly bite-sized one. Okay. What do you think? Is the, is the Watchmen one the one that is still over an hour and a half, though? No. Oh, is it just it shy like an hour, an hour and a half? Oh, so just shy. Just shy. Yeah, but no, for us, I mean, I think I think considering you're right. the last one was nearly two and a half hours long, um, yeah. which no one has listened to. I listened to it when we were recording it. <laughs> well, so I've not I. listened to it since because I can't stand the sound of my own voice. Which is odd that I'm doing a podcast and this is episode five and I still can't listen to my own voice. But that's a hang up I'll get over in time. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have that hang up but then if you think about it how much do you talk to people throughout the day and those people still return to speak to you in real life so they're obviously not speaking to you and going oh god this guy's voice is really grating on me they just accept your voice for what it is yeah but maybe they do maybe you think oh god he's talking to me again with that shitty voice <laughs> but i can't escape because it's rude oh god do you know what i mean and then he's telling me to listen to his podcast and i'm like i'm not listening you to just, you you've just given me in, in trying to make it better you've just given me another layer to that hang up so thanks for that, Dan. That's great. <laughs> Whether you can't read their mind. Yes. While they're saying, no, I like your voice, your voice is fine. I wish I was Mel Gibson from that film, when he can read minds. What women want. Is that what it's called? Is it just women's minds he can read? It might not be Mel Gibson. That doesn't sound like a Mel Gibson movie. But there's one where some guy takes a blow to the head and he can read minds all of a sudden. That is... But it's only women's minds, so okay. it might not be the same film. Okay. Maybe maybe we're talking about the same film, but I thought it was All Minds. 
possibly. Hang on, let's go back. Anyway. I've got a better example. I've got a better. I've got a better thing. Let's rewind. Uh, if only. I was that guy from Hello, Heroes. Hello, welcome to episode <laughs> five. Oh, if only I was <laughs> Matt Parkwing from Heroes and I could hear everyone's thoughts. That's a better reference. That is lost on me. I've never seen Heroes. Oh man, you should. It's like okay at best. It's one of those. It's one of those ones I've meant to watch. You were doing a whole rewatch of shows that I felt like I should have watched at some point the yeah, other the yeah. month when you were watching Lost and then Heroes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I forgot so we watched Lost. I, Lost is like my all-time favorite TV show. I've realised since rewatching it and Heroes gets steadily worse we've watched series one and two and series two is an absolute train wreck do you you remember back in the day in like 2006 something like that where there was a writer's strike in america and it fucking ruined every tv show every tv show scrubs nearly went off the air because really well lost had an okay series that was series four of lost it had an okay series um during the writer's strike prison break fucking ruined Prison Break. Series 3 of Prison Break was horse shit. And Series 2 of Heroes was dog shit. A different type of shit, but equally bad because of the writer's strike. Why did they strike? They just need to write shit, don't they? You know what I mean? Well, they wanted more money. Well, fair enough. Do you know what they should have done for kind of <laughs> entertainment value? What's that? Is, is you know, those uh, machine learning AIs where you feed, you feed in everything that already exists and get it to generate a script, yeah, and then just not not deviate from it. Is that the is is that a, like on South Park where they write um, a Family Guy joke, a Family Guy episode? Yeah, yes. That, that there is actually really a whole YouTube channel that does that. You know, they do AI scripts and then make the short film. Really, the dialogue is hilarious. Sounds fun. You'll have to plug it on the podcast so that I click the link. I will do. Which will take our, our opportunity to plug our socials again as well. Yes. Do you know them? We are at, at Tell Me Again Pod. You're right. On both the relatively still uh, still hip Instagram. It is hip, pretty hip. And the forgotten boomer social platform of Facebook. But we haven't and got the, the we... contemporary uh, cool social media of Twitter because not 10 people listened to the last episode. So fuck yes, I don't have to get Twitter. <laughs> No, it was Snapchat. It was, was Snapchat, it Snapchat that we made. Oh, okay. Yeah. It had to get more than 10 listens. Only five people listened to the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo episode. Did they? Whilst I thought it was a really funny, really insightful episode. I think people saw people the length Lawson. and thought, oh no, not for me. Which is not an issue <laughs> I've ever had Pete in my Jones life. speak. <laughs> Self-burn. So, those are rare. <laughs> right. Uh, should we show our hand early? Or not? Uh, tell me what showing my hand means, and I'll tell you whether I think we should show it or not. What we thought of both versions. Isn't that the whole point of the podcast? Yeah, but we usually leave it till the end. Okay, yeah, no, I get it. Go on, show your hand first, and then I'll show mine. Okay. Uh, Full house! Rereading the, the book, the first book, which I don't th- think I have ever read on my own. I think the first time I um, read this book, I didn't even read it. I had it read to me in school to the whole class. It's pretty. We'd cute. come in after playtime, and then the teacher would read us like three chapters of the book, and then I went, and then I carried on reading there. But rereading it on my own made me realise how much I actually really, really love this franchise. Yeah. I never think about it when I think about you know because I'm such a fucking sci-fi head, and I very rarely am into fantasy. 
But then I'm reading the Harry Potter book and I'm halfway through and I'm like, oh my god, I wish Hogwarts was real. Yeah, it's it's really <laughs> and cool. And it really reignites the love that I, I have for it, but I, but then forget about it when I'm not engaging with it at mm. all. I, I love it, and it's it's something that I know fucking loads about, like loads of trivia and, and all sorts. I'd fucking ruin you at Harry Potter Trivial Pursuit. I really would. Absolutely do you. Um, but like you said, I don't think about it all the time, and I don't think, oh my god, he's such a Ravenclaw. <laughs> Stop <laughs> I don't being such a slither. I, I think you do. You know what I mean? I think you do. Uh, yeah, but I know what you mean. I, I know more about... I have a, a lot of trivia floating around in my head, more than I thought I did, about Harry Potter. Yeah. But yeah, hugely, hugely enjoyed rereading the book. It was a bit confused by how thick it was when I learned it off you, because I remember it being like very slim a skinny boy but then i opened it and the text is like whoop, yeah, really big yeah there's about 10 words a page and there's like uh, uh, either side of the story there's like hufflepuff trivia isn't there and there's like a quiz at the end yeah. which takes up quite a lot of space yeah <laughs> they've really bulked it out but you yeah, know i agree i think it's a really nice simple enjoyable book to read and very obviously easy it is because it, it's a children's book or a young adult's book it's meant for like 10 to 12 year olds i feel that the the way that the books are written are, are, are supposed to follow how old you are so like the first one's quite easy yeah to this write. one 10 more 11, so than the other all the way up to the last one where it's like okay you should probably be about 17 18 by the time you're reading this yeah in terms of its themes and content i genuinely think that when she was writing the first one she was writing it as a kid's book yeah, i don't think she definitely. expected she expected the reaction from the older fan base at all. Yeah. But she do, but she does add in more, as you said, more adult themes as they go on. And the films also reflect, you know, the the gore and death yeah. and everything else that goes with it. They do. They get a bit older, more mature, uh, yeah. as, as Harry does as well. Because you don't want to be sort of a, still being a children's book about a 16-year-old. You don't want to, a, a 10-year-old doesn't want to necessarily read about a six, 16-year-old. They want to read about a 10-year-old yeah. or a 12-year-old. It was very cleverly done, if not a bit by accident. <laughs> I'm, yes, I, was... I wonder how much she she thought she was going to get six sequels out of it. Because it's quite simple. There's no, like, lore diving. Like, there's no deep diving into into the world and, and stuff in the first one, particularly. I know there is. Yeah. She, she establishes so much, uh, obviously. But, but it's I all mean, pretty surface. Like deep yeah. dive stuff. I know what you mean. Because I, I thought that. I was going through, I was thinking, oh, there's a lot in this book. But then it's just that she's mentioning something that, if you've never read it before, is really surface information. Yeah. But because you know more about that already, you're like, oh, okay, so that's connected to that later mm. on. But she might not have even meant that at the time. I know. I know. Who knows? It's one of those things. And going back to revisit earlier iterations of things when you're already familiar with what follows. Okay. But the film, really enjoyed as well. Yeah, the, the film's pretty I, cool. Again, it's like... I feel like the first two Harry Potter films, uh, in terms of faithfully adapting a source material, in terms of taking a source material and taking the words and putting them on a screen, the first two Harry mm -hmm. Potter films do that amazingly, for better or for worse, because they're both quite long. They're both about two and a yeah. half hours long. But I think that I think the second film is like 
or like two hours and forty, two forty-five, something like that. Because no, it's the, just the, so that's what I was going to with book stuff. Say this one, this one is the second longest, despite it being the shortest book. I know, yeah. <laughs> so I think they were terrified of taking anything out. Yeah, well, I, 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 you can't. There's so they do take some bits out, and I've got some notes of, of things that they do take out. I know but they do, they, but it's not. But there's very little like, that they take out. Yeah, it's but it's it's not taken out to shorten the film. Like we'll get to it, but the the duel doesn't happen. That is replaced by something else. It's not that, that she's they're yeah. saving screen time. It, they're just reworking how how characters get from A to B. No, I agree. It's, I agree. It's, it's it, very it, the stuff that they take out. Lovely is uh, is not needed. But then the stuff that they condense is also fine too. I don't think the film needs two Quidditch matches, for example. For example, like it did in the book, it's I'm fine having one. Yeah, in the film. But, but then that second Quidditch match in the book is like three pages, isn't it? You don't even see it from Harry's perspective, do you? Don't you see it yeah. from Ron and? Is this is that the one that you see from Ron and Hermione's in the stands? And then it's before yeah. it's even begun, it's like, oh yeah, Harry's caught it. <laughs> is that that yeah. one? Yeah, like if if they had lifted everything and put it in the film, then that would be like a, as you said, like a one minute scene. That's not needed yeah. at all. It's a nice, it's a nice extra Quidditch from a reader's point of view. But as watching the film, you'd be like, oh, here's another impressive Quidditch scene. But You've if you imagine how much that would cost them to do the CGI, not again, because they couldn't use all the assets for a one minute throwaway scene that was a big anticlimax. Because yeah. it's like, oh my god, it's another Quidditch match. Oh, it's done. Harry's won the match already. <laughs> Cuts to next scene. Yeah, but yeah, as I said, the stuff they take out is they got it. They got it. If if, if we're talking faithful adaptations, like as faithful as they mm. possibly could, they really kind of stood on the line of what they could and could take it out. Yeah, and they did really well with this it. This is probably one of the examples. If you if if anyone ever asked, and I'm sure someone will somewhere in the world. There's seven billion people, but if someone was like. I wonder what the most faithful adaptation of a source material is. You could hand them this. I think we asked that before on this podcast. And we said, it was again in the Watchmen episode, we said that's pretty close. Yeah, the the Watchmen is also another one. You could hand them Harry Potter 1 and 2. And you could hand them, maybe not so much 2. I think a little bit more has changed than that. I can't remember. We'll revisit that in season 2. Boop, 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 boop. Um, Or 3. Or 3, who knows. Uh, But yeah, the Watchmen's another close one. Yeah, I agree. Shall we... uh, Go into cr- yes. chronologically through the, the films and the yeah, book. Yeah. First biggest point, which I'm sure you've got written down, is that chapter one is completely missing from the film. Yeah, so having spoken about being a very faithful adaptation <laughs> yeah. and having lots of things in, <laughs> the first part of the book is not in the film. <laughs> oh, you couldn't write this shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, halfway through that discussion, I was like, this is fucking amazing, because the next thing we're going to talk about is a bigger mission. <laughs> And maybe the only omission that I'm upset about, because I think that first scene could have, would have would have been well funny, having like following yeah, Mr. Dur- following Vernon round all day while he's like, what the fuck, looking at all these people in wizards' robes, because the wizards' robes are yeah. mad and so um, so Over camping the out there, especially yeah. in the first and second film. So it gets a little bit darker later on, but they're so out there that like. It would have been it would have been an amazing scene. I'd have loved to have seen that. It's Vernon Dursley going would have to been, work, especially if his lunch. I mean, it probably would have been a bit peep, peep showy. But the, the the if you had like an inner monologue of him just thinking about drills all the time, because <laughs> he mentioned that he works yes. with drills so much, like drill like, bits. Like, he, had, and he had lunch and, stuff. and then he got back to the office and thought about drills some more with like a jaunty really... soundtrack going, like a plinky plonky jaunty soundtrack going on in the background. 
That'd have been yeah. really cool. That would have been good. But then again, it would have been a bit strange to open up with, you know, they're kind of like B-level villains in it, aren't they, <laughs> in the story? Yeah. And to have them, to have him have the first scene, whilst it would have been really funny and really amazing, it may, may maybe it would have set it up more as a comedy. Yeah, because it, it, the, the way the we're describing it is it's a really funny scene. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, I guess it is <laughs> that, like, when you reread it, it's, it, like, rereading it, having known who these people are and what they're talking about. Yeah. It is quite a funny scene. Yeah. It's a bit sad. I did like the, I love the idea of it that they, they actually, you actually get to see the wizarding world celebrate like the second or the minute whenever they find out that Voldemort's dead. Yeah. Or Voldemort's been defeated. And then there's all, all the owls in the daytime that's making the news and there's just people forgetting that they have to hide from the muggles in their robes out on the town, shaking hands, hugging people. Yeah. It would have been, it would have um, been cool. It would have been really cool. Um, but also, I was a bit confused by the fact that Vernon was confused by the robes. He knows about witches and wizards. Well, no, he knows of them, but he's never met them. He just knows that... Well, he's met Lily. But he 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 doesn't necessarily know about their culture and how they dress and how they act and the words they use. Because doesn't he get confused about the word muggle at some point? He doesn't know any of that. He's, or, or if he's oh, yeah. or if he's encountered it in the past, if he's been told the word muggle, or if he's seen Lily or James dressed as wizards, he will have like forgotten that memory because he does not want to think about witch, witches and wizards. So that I, I, I that's a good point. Stomp down on your confusion. There is, there's my two okay, cents. Yeah, on that. okay. My my confusion is stomped out. That's fair enough. You're welcome. Very good observation. But yeah, we both agreed it would have been a great opener from a comedic standpoint. <laughs> if we were directing but it, we've never would... directed a single thing in our fucking lives. No, we've not. But uh... um, And it also would have uh, set the wrong tone <laughs> for the film. Maybe it would have set the wrong tone. The tone of that first scene is 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 pretty good with uh, the, the nighttime uh, tete-a-tete of Dumbledore and, and McGonagall. And then tete-a-tete-a-tete. When Hagrid joins in, yeah, that that was a very good uh, recreation of the scene too. It was again, it, it, it's it's pretty spot on in terms of faithfully recreating it. It's difficult for me because I know that film so well. I must have watched it upwards of twenty times when I was younger. Uh, you you told just, me that I, you could just talk, say the film along with with yeah. it. Yeah, I know every every line, every intonation, pretty much. <laughs> I can just like. I was I was so obsessed with it, but I I found it I struggled because I was like okay they're on Privet Drive and I can see that really clearly in my head, but is that just because I've seen it on the on the uh, on the movie version, yeah. or is it because the author is describing it so well? Um, I've been on I've been on that set as well. Yeah, same. We we've both been, however, separately. Yeah. To, oh, have you uh, been as well? Yeah, I don't know yeah, if you've been. Harry Potter World. Me and Becca had a weekend away to visit a Lego shop, which is the biggest Lego shop in London. I can't remember where it is. It's not Covent Garden. It's Leicester Square, maybe. It just opened, and it's the biggest like, Lego the shop M&M in the world. Shop. And then we also went to uh, Harry Potter World. It was a really nerdy weekend. It was great. It was, it was really good. But the only thing was that ruined it for me was that I could see the front of uh, the, the the Dursley's house, and I could tell it was a set. Just just from the window. It wasn't a real window. It was like rubber or something. Yeah. It was cool going in though, and they've, they've set it up where all the letters are coming through the chimney, and they're all over the place. It's yeah. really cool. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! They, were, they set the living room set up as well. Yeah, yeah. So when uh, I thought it was just the front of the house, I didn't see that. No, you can go inside it. Although, well, when, oh. when Becca and I went, did you go before or after us? 
I think before. Well, because you went when the Forbidden Forest was there, didn't you? Yeah. That wasn't there when I was there. Yeah, I do remember you telling me you'd been. Yeah, there. you 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 go in to Privet Drive, well, to to the house, and um, you can't go too far. Like you can't go upstairs or anything, but you can walk around and have a look at the living room. Like you, you go in the hall basically, and that's it. But you can look into the living yeah. room, and all the letters are set up to be flowing out the chimney, like in that scene. I did not see that. I'm very upset now. That would have been bad. Mm. We have to go again. We have to go back. Yeah. See the Forbidden Forest. Definitely. It's not worth it. Bit shit. <laughs> I have heard that. Uh, yeah, so next uh, next thing is, is Dudley waking up Harry and him cooking the breakfast and all the birthday present exchange. Mm. Exactly the same. Last year, last year, I had 37. <laughs> well, so they were quite a bit bigger than last year. I don't care how bad, the, I don't the, care how big they are. The way he delivers that line, it's just like, oh, you are so obviously a kid. What what uh-huh. is it? Is it thirty six? Thirty six. Last year, last year, I had thirty seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them are quite a bit bigger than last year. <laughs> I don't care how big they are. When we come out, it's good. Buy you two new breasts. <laughs> <that> pumpkin. <laughs> you really can. You really can re- uh, recite the film, Dudley. In yeah. one of my notes, my second note is uh, li- literally it just reads Dudley, not as fat. But then, well, you imagined him fatter. Well, yeah, and I think he gets that he's described as fatter, but that just might be later on in the. In he's blonde the as well. So is Aunt Petunia. Yeah. In the book. Um, yeah, I feel like later on in the books, maybe not so much the first one, but he, he does get pretty big. I'm sure he's described as like a, a small whale at one point, yeah. or an elephant or something. Yeah, because he's like that, fully spoiled and not in this book. In one of the later ones, maybe maybe Azkaban or Goblet of Fire. He's he's a large in. I did. I did look into the when this was set as well, and there was apparently a certificate on the shelf in that scene that shows uh, Dudley's certificates from primary school, and it says two thousand and one. Really? Yeah, I but think the, that's but, continuity. But in the, in the book, that's taking place in nineteen ninety one. So there's a ten year time disparity well, between the two. Versions if if the that's the case of a Dudley certificate, then that's a bit of a discrepancy not a plot hole because it's not a plot hole in the slightest but like a, a set discrepancy because later on you sent me this picture yesterday later on there's the um the quidditch championship shield and james potter wins it in like 1979 1978 and yeah. he's not that that's too much time between james 20 years james winning the cup yeah but he wins it like when he's 17 and they have harry when they're like 18 19 20 so it would only be 10 years, really. Yeah, maybe then. But I still choose to believe that McGonagall was on the Quidditch team. <laughs> yeah. She is also on that plaque. The, uh, the picture that Dan sent me yesterday is the, the plaque that when you see that uh, that James was in the Quidditch team, and if you freeze frame it on it, the one to the right, as, as you're looking at it, says like um, M.O. McGonagall or something, and it's like in 1971. Yeah. So... You are choosing to believe it's Minerva McGonagall. I'm choosing to believe it's Monty McGonagall. <laughs> what a part of the McGonagall. Each to their own clan. clan. Each to their own. He's allowed to wear their tartan, but he is not a true McGonagall. So our head cannons have already diverged, yeah. and we're not even past the opening. <laughs> oh yeah, in the second scene. Let's um, zoom yeah, right and then back go... to the start of the book instead of the middle of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they go to the zoo next without Dudley's mate, 
Yeah, again, that's one of my notes. His mate's gone, but that's fine. Gives a shit about him. What yeah. was even his name? Derek or something? I don't know. Phil. I think it was just, it was only there to make it more miserable for Harry. Yeah, yeah, he was his one bully of his bullies, mate. but he was already established to be pretty fucking miserable like, already. <laughs> does um Dudley in the book does he get trapped in the enclosure? Because no, Harry traps him so. in the enclosure gets, in the film. He gets knocked back. Yeah, he gets knocked back instead of forward into the enclosure. Yeah. Okay. And the only thing is that in the in the book, Harry does not seem surprised at all that he can communicate with a snake. Yeah, it doesn't. It just sort of nods to him, doesn't it? And he, he's just like... Yeah, but he just talks to it. He doesn't go, <gasps> like, at least uh, in the movie version, he's like, oh my God, can you hear me? Yeah. And he goes, does a snake nod? Yeah. And then they That's have a little a bit of an exchange and then Dudley goes, bah, move out of the way. Falls into the glass. Yeah. Which is dead funny, to be fair, how scared he looks. Yeah. <laughs> when he's, he's, like, he's like, Mom! And then Petunia lets out this horrible... <laughs> a high-pitched <laughs> shriek. Yeah, and then the snake goes, Thanks! But yeah, other than that, pretty pretty standard zoo scene. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty much similar at this point. Book to film. Then it's then it's just uh, letter scenes. Uh, yeah, so Only bit- it, it, they're condensed, aren't they? Which is okay. No issue with yeah. it getting condensed. But then it goes. So Harry doesn't get moved up to the spare bedroom in the film because mm-hmm. he gets. So the, the first letter is Harry Potter, uh, the cupboard under the stairs, four private drive, etc. And then it goes Harry Potter, the spare bedroom, number four private drive, the smallest bedroom, smallest bedroom it, it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's the one that absolutely killed you, didn't yeah. it? Where the yeah, because they go to a few hotels, don't they, on the way to the hut on the rock? Yeah. And then they eventually like find all horrible ones. Yeah, and just driving Ver- for hours and then Vernon buys a, a gun. That he buys the gun you see and buy the gun. I don't need to see that. In fairness, in the film, um, yeah. And then yeah, they get to the hut on the rock, and Hagrid hands him the letter. And I don't think you see the front of the letter in the in the film, even if he even gives him a letter in the film. Um, he does give him a letter. I can't remember if the address is on it or but not. Yeah, but yeah, the it? address is the floor. Harry, the Harry Potter, the floor, hut <laughs> on the rock, the sea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the sense of humour is really good it's funnier than, than I give her credit yeah. for sometimes she, she's ruining yeah. her uh, her legacy with her Twitter with yeah. her Twitter uh, comments <laughs> or giving it a good old good old try anyway <laughs> just going slightly back to the bit where Uncle Vernon is uh, waiting on a Sunday and he's really happy and there's no letters and that no posts on Sundays <laughs> ha that whole monologue do you remember when he, because he, he passed away in uh, 2013. Yeah. And when, do you remember a site called Funny Junk? I don't know. It's kind of, it used to be the kind of uh, rival of 4chan back in the day. It still exists now, but no one really goes on it. Much like 4chan. Uh, <laughs> much like 4chan. There was, a, there was a, a kind of tribute to Uncle, the actor who played Uncle Vernon when he died, where on this Sunday... The, for the Sunday after he died, oh. no one no one posted anything. No posts on Sunday. <laughs> no post on Sunday, oh. and everyone observed it. No one posted a single thing. That's on an Sunday. amazing tribute. I know. I thought that was really nice. Oh, uh, but yeah, hot on the rock. Pretty consistent with what was in my head as well. Yeah, just a... and Hagrid. Hagrid wasn't as angry when he found out that they'd withheld all information about Hogwarts from him as well. Yes. in the book, he's fuming. Yeah, he is. So. He... Yeah, he's he's absolutely livid, isn't he? But he he kind of plays it a little bit, plays a little bit off. 
in the film. I can only imagine you're a wizard, so Harry. Harry. His, ang- his anger doesn't peak too early. He needs to leave himself somewhere to go. Yeah. If he just gets angry straight away and then gets angrier and angrier, it would have been a bit silly. Yeah. And a thumping good night, wager. When they say something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the dialogue is like straight from the book. Yeah. In in that part and in in the later parts of the film as well. Oh, yeah. Which either means that J.K. Rowling is just really good at writing dialogue, <laughs> which I think she is, to be fair. Or they were just trying to be as faithful as they possibly could. Everyone's a bit posh, don't you think? All the kids and that, they're a bit posh and a bit proper. The way they're, the they way they're written, like their I dialogue. Haven't... So you're talking about J.K. Rowling's dialogue. Obviously, we're not critiquing the book. That's not the point of this. But all the kids seem a bit raw. They are, I've, I've got a perfect example of that. I quoted a line from when he's walking down Diagon Alley and needs money. And he goes, but Hagrid, how am I to pay for all this? I haven't any money. <laughs> like, what kid speaks like that? <laughs> that was from the film. I can't remember if it was in the book or not. But what kid speaks like that? Ain't got any money. Where's like, my Hagrid, fucking where's money? Me, where's me doll? Where's me doll? <laughs> uh, Harry yes, when we redo Harry Potter with that first scene, our Harry is going to be a scouser. <laughs> On our smartphones. <laughs> <laughs> the theme on a recorder. Uh, but yeah, then they just take off from Hot on the Rock, go to the Leaky Cauldron. Yes. Where we meet Professor Quirrell. We do. For the first time. In the book, he doesn't have a turban on. Yeah, well, it it yeah, it doesn't get mentioned does it that he has a turban on until he gets into school because they say that when they arrive for the, the, the feast, it's like, oh, Professor Quirrell's wearing a turban. It's mentioned yeah. then, yeah. And I think it's later addressed it's because he's the one who tried to rob Gringotts shortly after they've been in. Yeah, yeah, that's why he's Vol- there that day. Because he fails, Voldemort's like, well, I'm coming closer to keep an eye mm. on you now. Yeah, he's got him. Whereas in the film, he must already be on his head when he's in the leaky cauldron. Yeah. I have... Uh... Help me with this. Is why he won't shake his hand? <laughs> yeah, Sorry, that's not true. I, I that there might be a discrepancy for me. Feel free to prove that I'm wrong. But the way that okay. Professor Quirrell is implied as working as the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, it's implied very heavily, I think, or strongly, that he's been the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher for a long time, or at least this isn't his first year. Whereas. In, I think it's Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. J.K. Rowling tells us that Voldemort has cursed the the Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher role so that anyone who takes the role after he's cursed it um, only lasts a year. But the implication from Professor Quirrell is that he's kept it for... He's, he's got the job for a while and he's had it for a little bit before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I've got I've got two possible theories for that. Uh, I mean, Hit me with it, the silliest it's, it's the... first. <laughs> well, one's more of an observation or a question, or a follow-up question, I guess. Is that is that official? Because I thought that was a rumor amongst the students that it was. Well, cursed. it's a rumor amongst the students that it's cursed until it's confirmed later in the books. Because Harry, I think, does he go okay. into the pensive or something? And he he sits in in the pensive in a meeting between Dumbledore and Voldemort. Well, Tom Riddle at the time, and he started. Start, mm-hmm. Tom's starting to look a little bit more snake-like, uh, and that, yeah. but he's not like fully giving himself over to the snake arts. And uh, <laughs> he, 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 he basically says, I want the defence against the dark arts teacher job. Give it to me. And Dumbledore basically tells him to fuck off. To which Voldemort then curses the the, the, the role. I wonder, I, I wonder okay. how he'd orchestrate that, but he does it anyway. 
And so okay, well, everyone if, if, lasts if, only a year after that. It, it is kind of only alluded to that he's had the job for longer than mm. a year. It doesn't necessarily mean... He could have just been at the school for longer than a year and he'd been moved from another subject to Defence Against the Dark Arts and that was his first year. Yeah. Is my first theory. The second one is that he somehow wasn't affected by the curse, which impressed Voldemort, which is why he chose him to mm. leech off. I'm not I'm not so a, sure on the second one. A weaker theory. Yeah, I'm not so sure on the second one. Yeah. My theory is that when J.K. Rowling wrote book one, she didn't have that plan. <laughs> In mind, and it's 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 not implied so much so that it's a plot hole, and that people can say, "Oh, but Quirrell's been at the school for however many years, but it the job's cursed." It it never implicitly states that, but it's it's implied but, that he's uh, yeah, been there uh, for a while, and that's how she can be like, "Well, I never actually said it's it." It's true. It's true. Maybe she probably didn't have that written at the time, but you can easily explain it away by saying, "Well, last year he taught potions, or you know." Or clemency or something like that. Didn't necessarily have to be the defence against the dark arts teacher. I think it's weird that they've only got one teacher for each subject. The castle's so fucking yeah. big and they've got so many classrooms. Every time they want to do something sneaky, they go into an empty classroom in any of the books. Yes. They go into an empty classroom. It's like, oh, they're walking down a corridor and nip into an empty classroom. It's like, how fucking many empty classrooms are there? Get a smaller castle. And they always get in trouble in those empty classrooms they as do. well. No, yeah, I know what you mean. When I was reading this book more, this time more than ever, I only realised it seems like very few students actually come to the school each I, year. So I've tried to work this out in my Doesn't head. Doesn't sound like droves Yeah, of I've tried to work this out in my head. So, like, there are five Gryffindor males in Harry's year, including Harry. And yeah. I think there are four Gryffindor females, maybe only three, actually, because there's Hermione, Lavender and Parvati are the only three that are named. So you've got eight students, eight new Gryffindors that year. If you imagine that that is every student, then what's that? That's, yeah. this is where my maths, shitness, 32? 32. So 32 new students yeah. a year. 32 times seven is then like what? And then times 32 by seven. Which, which I'm not going to do, but let's, <laughs> uh, 30, 30 by seven. couple hundred. Yeah, but like. Low. What's th- three say times what, seven? What, computer. Three times. Go on. What's thirty-two times seven? Two hundred and twenty-four. Two hundred and twenty-four students in that big ass massive castle, plus maybe like twelve teachers. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and Filch. And Filch. And his cat. And Filch. Do you know what else I found weird? We've kind of gone off the top the topic of what we're talking they about. Might also, they might have they might have bigger years, some years, and, and smaller, smaller years, smaller years, year, yeah, like any school. What I found weird, and this has gone off topic of a comparison between a film and a book, but like <laughs> they, I knew this would they, happen. They go that. into high school at age eleven, which is what we all did. Yeah. But like, where do they learn how to write? They never have an English lesson. And they never have a maths I mean, lesson. I mean, I could write by the time I was 11. Yeah, but could you write rolls and rolls of parchment, which they get asked to do? You couldn't write to the Probably. extent that a wizard would have to write to function in a society of wizards, which is a society that works just like our society, except they can move shit with their wands, really. <laughs> I mean, it's not just like our society. They don't have to use computers. They've got Yeah, but they've got, like, a government... And they have transport, and they have education, and they have like sport. So it's not it, it is removed, but it's not too far removed. I know, I know what you're saying, but I, I, I think the the dangers of dark magic are more important to learn to defend against rather than learning how to 
write an essay. But then they ask them to write an essay all the fucking time. Yeah, and they they do, and they manage it. Manage. They they never have a math lesson either, until Hermione opts into Arithmancy, which I assume is some sort of maths, because it sounds magic magic maths, which she opts into in, in third year. How amazing would that okay. be? Well, we, we're, we're, Opting into maths we're, we're at 13. Breaking our promise of this being a bite-sized episode of <laughs> keep diving into Harry Potter lore. Those are the only things I think that I wanted to get off my chest. Okay. So yeah, they're in the leaky cauldron. Quirrell's in the in the book without his turban, from what it sounds Turbanless. like. Turbanless. Voldemortless. Still with the stutter, though? Maybe that's just his, his, so cover, he ha- his cover story. But, but you shouldn't have to cover at that point, because... I guess he's still no, but the, the whole point is that he acts like a f- yeah, he acts like that throughout the whole school year. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair point. Uh, and then the entrance to Diagon Alley is described slightly different in the book than it is in the film, but it looks cool yeah. in the film. The way all the bricks fold away is a very cool entrance. Yeah, it's a cool effect. Been on that set as yeah. well. Same as these. I've touched the wall. It is foam, and they told us not to touch the wall. <laughs> they were like please don't touch the wall because it's like the actual set and it's obviously not bricks it's like foam board or something and I was like <laughs> and poked it and, and it is squishy it's squishy it does give um, there was a cool set though that was the only one that was fully surrounding yeah. you felt like you were on diagonal it was lit like it the, was in the, the film the, the way that the, took good the, way that the word looks in the film is brilliant like um, yeah. I, I think I much prefer the Wizarding World in one and two than when it gets a little bit darker from three onwards. Like it's just so much more magical and so much more like yeah, everything child-like. gets drenched in that kind of bluey grey filter, doesn't it? From from three I onwards. think from the next film onwards, personally, I think that this is the only one where you've got that vibrancy. A lot of oh, oranges, it's, and it's reds still and... it's still dead vibrant in in the second one. Like they've still got, uh, is it? Is it Richard Harris who's Dumbledore in these first two? Yeah. He's a much more vibrant Dumbledore than the other one. Like, who's the other one? Who plays the other one? Michael Gambon. Just wears, like, a grey dressing gown. Like, our dressing gowns. That's what his uh, costume (laughs) is, basically, for the next five, six films that he's in. Yeah, I was I was good when Richard Harris died because he was a very good Dumbledore. Yeah, he did. So, maybe not as as insane as he was. The cast in this, and it's probably because I've grown up with it and I've watched them so often. The cast, as far as I'm concerned, is perfect. Like yeah, Daniel yeah, Radcliffe yeah. might not be the best actor, but he he's Harry Potter, and I think the same goes for all of them. Like Emma Watson is Hermione, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, and Rupert Grint is Ron. That perfect casting. I know. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very forgiving of it because it describes Ron as tall and gangly, and it describes Hermione as having massive front teeth. And, yeah, you know Harry's got gr- famously got green eyes in the book of his mum, and he doesn't have none of those traits are in the main three. But you're fine with it because, as you say, they were so good. They, like, all the re- all the rest is of it is perfect. On. And Richard Harris is Dumbledore. Um, Robbie Coltrane, S- Snape is the, is the best casting decision, I think. Do you know, do you, Alan Rickman, Robbie is Coltrane, Snape. surely is Hagrid. Tie, the, way that he pl- the way that he plays Hagrid is just amazing. Yeah, and uh, uh, Alan Rickman. But J.K. Rowling had ensured that he said those words in a certain way by spelling his lines phonetically in his accent. It's so that we know how to how he sounds. So it's not like well, he's another that, but fucking like, it's so often like, like an author will say, hello, he said, in a Scottish accent. 
And that's usually enough. But the fact that she wrote it phonetically was like, I want you to read it exactly as I hear his voice. Yeah. He has to sound like he's from Somerset. But yeah, diagonally looks sick. Um, Gringotts is really well done. Only thing I thought they were missing from Gringotts was the short the bank trolleys, which sounded really fun and would have been a really cool sequence to see. Yeah, might have cost a lot. It was two thousand and one. But the way Hagrid was like, "Don't don't talk to me." I'm going to yeah. Sick. It's it's cool in it, it really but cool. I think you can understand why they've cut that because it was two thousand and one when CG was shite, and it would have been really expensive. So I, I can understand that, and considering it's a two and a half hour film anyway. What what did make me laugh was when he went to the front desk and he was like, "I'm here to get you know what from Vault, you know which." And then they get to the vault and he goes, "Vault seven hundred and thirteen at the top of his voice. I'd really appreciate if you don't tell anyone about this, Harry. There we go. You've got a good Hagrid as well. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. But yeah, that's great. And then they go out and they go to... Well, in the book, they then meet... He meets Malfoy he, he for the first time. He does meet Malfoy in Madame Malkin's. And I, I feel that that's one of the, the few things that I think is missing because it, it means that when you first meet Malfoy in Hogwarts, you kind of lose hatred for him. You don't hate him already by the time he stands up and tries to make Harry his mate. <laughs> you, you feel we should hate him earlier. I, I really do. Uh, that you should just... I liked it, because he gives him the whole speech about some wizarding families being scum and all I that. think I can tell the scum for myself, thanks. Yeah, but like... he does that in the, in the in Madame Malkin's where he's getting his robe fitted, yeah. and he's like, oh, no, I can look at it, even though he doesn't know he's Harry Potter yet. But the fact that he finds out he's, that he's Harry Potter in front of the whole first year and give, offers him his hand and Harry knocks him back. KP's him. Yeah, it gives it more of an atmosphere than just two kids getting the robes fitted. Yeah. I, I get that. I'd, maybe they could have done it in such a way that you already hate Malfoy before you see him in school. Instead yeah. of just being like, who's this possibly? Who's this Bond kid? Maybe you should. Yeah. Who's this Bond kid and why do I hate him? Maybe maybe we should have found that out earlier, but then I'm not a director. Yeah, it, it might yet. have been quite cool, even if it was just in passing. You know what I think super cool? Chocolate frogs being alive. Yeah, I thought that that's, as well. That's like a, it's a cool little tiny like ditty that I think is really, really cool. It's like, oh. Because I was sure that was from the book, but it it's, doesn't it's say anything. It's not at all. I don't think it ever mentions that they, they're alive or anything, but then yeah. it's. Well, they're not alive, but it's just a spell. Made to look alive. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that, that, that's it's really just cool. just a spell. I want to make a little observation. Well, Ollivander's at first. Okay. Um, Hag- Hagrid goes in and helps him audition his wand. Yeah. And he's, and he's not in the book. And it's just really lame because he's just giving loads of wands and those different coloured sparks coming out. And he's ah, that's the right one. Voldemort has the same one. Okay, bye. It's done, it's done much better in the, in the in the film. Yeah. I think Ollivander's um, just before... And also... Well, the, just before you move on, Ollivander's reactions okay. are really, like, disparate to what Harry accidentally does. So he gets the first wand <laughs> and knocks all the fucking wands off the wall. And he's just like, uh, maybe not. And he gives him the second one, yeah, and he smashes like not. a fucking light, and he goes, "No, definitely not." As if that's annoying him more than all his fucking stock on the floor. <laughs> that's a good point. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, he does. He doesn't quite know how to react to things, does he? <laughs> um, but also the 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 the, the founded the date that Ollivanders was found. It says you know three hundred odd BC on the floor, yeah. which means that the Wizarding World observes the normal current calendar, which means it's based around when Jesus existed. It's Jesus was a wizard. Was Christ, was Christ a wizard? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. This is where any of our listeners who are devout Catholic have just turned us off because we, we're blasphemed. 
<laughs> didn't, they, didn't the church have a big issue with this? Didn't the Pope at the time try and like stop Harry Potter getting read in schools? Did he? Which promoted witchcraft. Might not have been the Pope. Might have just been a crazy priest. But I'm sure someone tried to get Harry Potter banned in schools because it promoted witchcraft. It rings a distant bell, but I don't remember who it was. But yeah, it, it sounds like it could be... It's never, obviously never acknowledged. Yeah, so basically yeah. we both admit that uh, Jesus was Jesus a wizard. Jesus was a wizard. He was a yes. wizard. Maybe still is, who knows. Yeah. Maybe he was drinking some of that philosopher's nectar. Jesus is Nicholas Fulham. <gasps> Illuminati confirmed. Mind blown. <laughs> it's no crazier than anything else J.K. Rowling tweets. So that is canon now, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> let's put it on twitter ourselves <laughs> we'll tag her in it see if she agrees yes i've always thought that uh, jesus was a wizard and he is nicholas funnell yes that's true i thought about it all by myself uh, and it wasn't because of there's too many podcasts it wasn't you i had it written down already <laughs> you've literally just scrolled that in front of my my face joanne no no definitely not <laughs> <laughs> good callback thank you um and then the thing that I, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I thought it was good, but I don't know whether I'd like it in the film. The way he then has to go back and live with the Dursleys for a month. Yeah. With all of his shit. Yeah, I think that, that could have been another comedic film. You could have had a montage then of like... Yeah, because Dudley's running yeah, away from him all summer. With his pigtail. The rest of them are like ignoring him more than usual. Yeah, but he's like happy. You could have a nice little montage. It's like, oh, we're yeah. starting act two. They can two. have Mr. Blue Sky as the soundtrack. What's that, sorry? <laughs> they can have Mr. Blue yes. Sky as the soundtrack oh my God. in the background. When are we doing our Harry Potter remake? <laughs> when are we doing it? I'll I'll get the green screen. Yes. You get the costumes. Okay. I already have a robe. We're in. You're just waiting, waking up with a... The sun is shining in the sky. He's like strutting down the banister, scaring Dudley. And on the bit with the cowbell. He does it with his fingers in the air. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> Love it. Sparks come out of his fingers. And then he gets a letter from the Ministry of Magic because he can't use magic outside of school. <laughs> and then the credits roll. <laughs> Directed by Ryan expelled Johnson. Before he even makes it to it the school. Uh, yeah, so I, I, that would have been cool. But maybe the same problem as, as the opening chapter. That it would have been too funny. Yeah, and God forbid humour. God forbid humour. It can't have too much humour. No. Otherwise, the funny bits wouldn't be That's funny. That's true. But, uh, no, I, I understand why it's not there. I think it does It does move very, very quickly. I think Harry's at Hogwarts by, like, 25 minutes into the film. But it's, like, a good yeah. third of the book before he actually lands there. Yeah, I, I made that observation as well. I was like, when's he getting um, there? And he finally got there. And, yeah, there was a big chunk. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in the film, you want to get in there as quick as possible. It's a film about a magic school. You don't want to spend too long in... Suburbia, suburbia. I said that really, really weirdly. Suburbia, suburbia. in uh, Surrey. You don't want to be spending too long there. If Nicholas Flamel lived with him, he'd be the Jesus of suburbia. Way. Uh, Episode yeah. two, guys. <laughs> Remember that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then yeah, it's it's. He has to ask Uncle Dursley for a lift to the station. He's like, fine, I'm going into London anyway. I'll take you. Getting rid of getting rid of uh, Dudley's pigtail. <laughs> Yeah, at got the an hospital, appointment with a specialist. At a muggle hospital, like they're not going to ask questions. Why yeah. has he got an actual pig pigtail on yeah. his spine? Which is different from uh, what's his face, Hagrid, dropping him off with the ticket. Yeah, it all happens really quick. It's like, oh, here's your stuff, and oh, let's get you to school. And then, oh, I'm going to leave yeah. you. <laughs> and then he's gone. 
and Hagrid's probably like, like, oh, I fucking love this bit. I love picking up the poor ones and then taking them to the taking them to the uh, train station and then fucking ditching them. The best bit of the year. I don't think he always, as you put it, picks up the poor ones. He's just Essie chaperoning Harry because he doesn't have anyone to chaperone him. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure there are other children that need chaperoning to school. Don't just assume I, that yeah, Harry's the only Hagrid one. I doubt Hagrid would do it. Why not? Who else is going to do it? Who else has um, anything? Dolores the... Umbridge. Why the fuck would she do anything nice to anyone? <laughs> That's the point. Oh, okay. You were doing a bit. I was doing a bit. I get it. I get it. I thought you would have got onto that. Uh, and yet, yeah, the 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 entrance to the platform is exactly it is is in the book. Even yeah, though it's a steel barrier, isn't it? It's a it's a steel or metal barrier in the book, and it's a stone one in the film. But I imagine it's a stone one in the film because it's actually a stone one in real life. <laughs> and they've yeah. obviously I don't think they filmed it at King's Cross. They might have done, but I, I don't think no, they did. I think did. they did because they've got did an actual they? nine and three quarters sign up there now. In Do they? Real life. Yeah. So maybe, maybe they did, uh, and that's with why. A, with half a trolley sticking out the wall, if I remember correctly. That just gives the game away. The wizards will be so yeah. fucking fuming at that. <laughs> Who's Jesus left that Christ. There? Who's left that there? Just push it in. Push it in. <laughs> Get rid of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think, that, I think the casting of... When does Harry get with Ginny? Which um, book is the last book? Fifth one, I think. Is it the fifth one? Or sixth because one? The... No, yeah, it's the sixth one. Because they cast the actress for Ginny. Mm-hmm. In this film, she yeah. has one line. Good luck. Good luck, Harry. It's just good luck. Uh, and then it's the same actress for all the yeah, films. Yeah, I, th- I, I don't think they necessarily cast her for all of them, but they kept her. I think maybe, maybe she re-auditioned or maybe they just thought Ginny's big character. Continuity's sake. Yeah. Yeah. But I liked it. It was, it was a good uh, show of consistency. There was, a, there was a lot of bants missing from the train platform. Yeah. With Fred and George uh, messing with... Harry. And by the time Ron gets on the train, I'm sure he already knows that Harry Potter's on the train because they've gone, oh my God, Mum, it's Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, Fred and George notice, don't they? It's not... Um... Yeah. They help him on with his stuff, I yeah. think, because he can't lift it on his own. Because he's a weako. Yeah. But other than that, it's, it's the same. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's it's a good sort of... What's the word? Help me with the word. I don't know. Uh, it's faithful. Adaptation. Faithful. That's the word. Faithful, yeah. But it's not like... I don't think at any point, even though this is really faithful to the source material, I don't think it's ever faithful to a detriment. I think it always avoids that that going over that line. Time, yeah, it's always it? it always very balanced. It's 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 like yeah, it's never faith so faithful that the film is shit because of it. Malfoy's on the train again in the book, actually, isn't he? he comes in, starts out, tries to steal the sweets. Yeah, he does. He does, and Scabbers bites one of Crab or Goyle. So we've already run into him twice in the book before we get to the... Yeah, we already hate him before we see him being an asshat. The hate has been earned by the time he tries to show him up in front of the school. That's true. It's not earned in the film. Um, As we are up to this bit, when they're on the train, the the, the train's actually quite good. Harry is as much of a dickhead as he is in the book in that he buys all the sweets. Uh, Although in the book, I think they're in the last carriage, so they're the last stop off. So it's not like those sweets are going to go round to, to the other kids. Uh, and then Hermione yeah. comes in. Do you meet Neville on the on the train? In the book? You do on in the book, but not in the yeah. film. She just comes in looking for his toad the on the phone. Because he's lost one. his toad still. It's the reason he comes yeah. in. Yeah, 
Um, they do the little shitty spell, the Sunshine Daisy Bottomello thing, which is cool. Um, but the, then they change into the Hogwarts robes. And I never imagined when I was a kid that the Hogwarts robes were school uniforms, you know, with like a tie and a shirt and the V-neck sweater. Did you think they were just like wizards? Well, yeah, I, I just assumed that they were really different to quote muggle clothes because yeah, I know we're talking about a specific book in the Harry Potter series, but in the fourth one, when they go to the Quidditch World Cup, there's a big point and it's a big comedic. Um, it's played for laughs in the in the book that a lot of grown up wizards don't know how to dress like muggles. Someone's wearing a skirt. And he loves it because he's getting a breeze to his balls yeah. in the fourth book. So, but, no, but yeah, they're, they are just they're like really similar. School the school uniforms with, are really similar. With robes, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I, I thought is, you know, it, it, it makes it us recognise it a little bit more. It's like, oh, it's a school uniform, but it's, it's just not I what think I it grounds. I think it grounds it a uh, lot more yeah. as well because that's, that's why I very rarely like like fantasy franchises because there's no rules. Everything's always explained away with, it was magic. Whereas Harry Potter, I think I enjoy because they go and learn how to specifically do spells. There's a right and a wrong way to mm. do things. And there's defined rules of what they can and can't do. Yeah. So by giving them... They, they can be as crazy as they want with the magic as long as they've got recognisable or semi-recognisable clothes on, whether or not it's uniforms or they wear muggle clothes at Christmas. It just makes it more down to Yeah, I, I get that um, for the film. Because obviously you have to look at these people dressed in weird shit for two and a half hours, so you may as well make the shit a little bit less weird. Yeah, well worded. I thought so. Uh, too. And then they get off the train, and the the trip to over the the lake in the hills, in the boats. Far away. Exactly the same. Yeah, I thought it was. This is something when I watched the film, something was weird about that. Are they are they miniatures or something? In like a swimming pool, you know the the boats with the the lights that are floating. You mean the way that they the way that they shot? Yeah, isn't isn't it like a bath or something that they put loads of boats in and put like a two D Hogwarts on a back wall or something? It just looks really stupid. (laughs) No, I I didn't really. I liked it. Just I think think just the way the effects done. I saw it and I was like, this doesn't sit right. (laughs) <laughs> I was fine with it because it was like it was that big kind of like panning upward shot of the castle. I think it was the the the, the point you were meant to fall in love with the castle because that's the point the the John Williams score swells for the first yeah. time too. It's like holy shit, and this is like, so much better than my high school. <laughs> A, lot, A better. lot better. John Williams score, by the way. Mint. Chef kiss. Yeah. For the main theme alone. Yeah. So good. The main what it's not really an issue. It's an observation, it? really, of. Of the, there was at least two points in this score where it definitely went, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and I was like, "That's fucking Star Wars." God damn it, and then now he was working on the on the prequel trilogy at the time. Yeah, but so creative overlap. Unforgivable when you mix when you're blending two franchises <laughs> like that. Bit of creative overlap from Johnny W. Yeah, yeah, and then um, Malfoy embarrasses him, and then they go into the certain hat. The, the the two main things that I'm glad they omitted from this film happen. Oh, the, the songs. During the songs. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely the song. They're so weird. Yeah, they're a bit shit, aren't they? She's written like like an eight-verse song for the Sorting Heart. Well, it's got nothing else to do, yeah. 
And then when they do the Hogwarts song, Dumbledore waves his wand and puts all the words in the air like they do at a pantomime. And he goes, everyone sing it to your favourite song. <laughs> and they all sing it to their own favourite song and they all finish it at a different time. And it's like, what's the point? I know, that? imagine that in film. I think... I think it's made to drive home how batty uh, Dumbledore yeah, is in the in the book. He's meant to be like a little bit insane because yeah. he's because he's so old. And he's in, in he's, fairness, as we're talking about Dumbledore, he's not in it that much in like the first couple, no, the first I couple of books and films. As well. He's not in it that much. He's kind of like a presence that looms large. He's not in every scene really until a bit later. There is. Uh, one bit, you know, where McGonagall in the film says, Professor Dumbledore would like to see a few words. And me and my that sister always used to joke... That was a really sexy Professor McGonagall accent, by the way. Thank you. Me and my sister always used to joke that Dumbledore would stand up and go, a few words! <laughs> that is and the kind sit of thing down Dumbledore again and McGonagall would go, he's never really happy until he's done <laughs> <laughs> But in the book, he actually stands up and goes, Nitwit, Blubber, Oddmund, Twig, thank you! Yeah. <laughs> Thank you and good night and drops his wand on the floor. He says a few, he says a few yeah. random words in the book and I was like, I had no idea we did that and we were just fucking pissing around with it. <laughs> but that was, I liked that, it was funny. Uh, and then the candles as well are described as the main source of light in the book. So it's kind of dingy and there's thousands of candles mm. and that's why you can see each other. But there's definitely studio lights. Yeah. Unless they're the magic film. candles. You got the, magic candles. The candles, yeah. and then all of the roof is illuminated as yeah. well. <laughs> Above the sky. Which I guess is fine. It just it like it means it makes it seem less creepy and eerie and You you wouldn't understand and this that, reference because yeah. you never watched it, but without the, the uh without the studio lights it'd be like watching uh the long night episode of Game of Thrones in which the director decided this episode's set entirely at night. Let's make it look that way and have no fucking lights so you can't see I remember a fucking the memes thing. About it. <laughs> I remember the memes about it. And there was all, all sorts of articles to yeah. teach you how to was, adjust the contrast it was on your screen. Like, I, so you could see I'd, it. Becca had come round to watch that episode after we both finished work. And like I closed the curtains so we could see the screen. And we still couldn't fucking see the screen. The lights were <laughs> off. And I was like, what? What's this? It was like, I looked. I must have looked like Chang does in Community where he's like, what? What? Looking at the looking tiny, at the piece, tiny of piece of paper, but like I was looking at a TV screen, like what? What's this? What? I think I think that's an increasing problem with TV. You know, I think in gritty TV shows like that, they want it to look dark. Like going back to the boys again, yeah. I can't watch the boys now until it's dark outside, <laughs> even if I draw the curtains, because there's some scenes that are so dark it has to be pitch black in the like room. Like whenever Huey and it frust- and it Huey's in me. his um, in whatever den they're in with. Uh, with Frenchie yeah. and that, it's really dark, isn't it? Yeah, and I feel like I'm missing stuff on not being able to see it. <laughs> Tangent but anyway, over. This is not a boys podcast. We might do one in the future, but it's a Harry Potter podcast. My, my, my next note jumps a little bit. I don't know if you're okay with that. Well, it depends. Do you have anything else to say that happens in between then and now? Well, my next note is I'm not entirely certain when he gets introduced because I read the book about a year ago, so I haven't read it just for for this podcast but my next note is that Peeves isn't in the film I yeah. love Peeves well I don't love him it's I'm alright with it it'd just be really funny to have him fucking with shit you know every now and again do you know again. that his scenes were actually filmed though. seriously I did mm. not know that they've, they've just never been released bullshit 
Rick Mayall played him. Really? You know, from bo- from Bottom. Yeah? Oh. As if? Oh, he was very salty about it. I watched an interview with him. He um, <laughs> they basically asked the best film he was in, or his best job, and he was like, uh, oh, I'll tell you this. This is, this is dead funny. He, it was like three years before he died. And he was going, oh, the best film ever that I was part of. Like, you can tell he's fuming and really salty about it. Because he's going on about how he was on set. He kept getting told off for acting too much because he was making everyone laugh. And then he had to do it away from everyone, but he was that funny they were all laughing anyway because they, like, they could hear him. And he goes, I went home, I got the money for it. And then uh, about three weeks later, my agent ran me and said, oh, uh, you're not in the film anymore. And he goes, so that's my, that's my best job, even though the film's shit. The film is shit because I'm not in it, it's shit. And just really over the top going at the film. And just has yeah. he... Stated, did he state in that interview that it was Harry Potter, or was he just playing yeah, coy? Yeah, yeah. He, he says I played, um, and he looks in his head, like, like searches his mind for it, and he goes, "Was uh, Peeves? His name was Peeves." Has it? And he, he no filmed idea. all the scenes because I was because I saw I read that they, that they'd filmed everything, so I went on YouTube to see if like the, you know the movie came out nineteen years ago. <sighs> Maybe those scenes have leaked out online. Yeah. And the first I couldn't find them, but that interview was one of the first things that came up where he's just proper hating on the film because. Oh. His scenes never made it in. As if, but yeah, but yeah no, I, I, don't I like think it, I don't think it was a big loss. I don't know. I mean, it sets a precedent for all the rest of the films that Peeves isn't in, and Peeves does some pretty funny shit. I mean, I know none of it is important to the plot. Literally, nothing <laughs> Peeves does bears any weight to plot, but he's just funny. Well, you've just answered your own question. Yeah, but he's funny anyway. When we <laughs> do our one, we'll have him in. Okay. We'll have that Who's first play scene. Uh, I don't know. Um, don't David know. Mitchell. David Mitchell. Could, yeah? No. No, I was only joking. He'd no, be I a don't terrible think David Mitchell, yeah. But yeah, I, I was all right with him not being in it, personally. They needed to cut something. They got almost <laughs> every, every letter of this book into the film. They needed to cut something. Fair play. Fair play. Hence it's, inc- hence it's incredible length, that's what she said. We... The, the next big kind of point that I have is how how dirty Neville was done in this film. Yeah. Because I think the way it's set up until about half, until, until after the troll scene, when Harry and Ron save Hermione, it almost feels like it's Harry and Ron versus Hogwarts. Yeah. And Hermione is in with, is in with like Neville and Seamus and Dean as those kind of ancillary characters. characters. Yeah. Good word, by the way. Ancillary, um, but they're not actually a main character. But Hermione's on a level, on a level with Neville. Me. In t- in terms of you know their presence in the story, and then she obviously gets brought more into the fold, and they become a trio. But even then, Neville is is always buzzing around. I mean, in the in the book, he's the one who gets detention with Hermione and Harry. Yeah, and Ron stays in the. In the yeah, it's room. Ron that's not there, isn't it? I, I made yeah. a note of and that. And in the film, it's 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 those it's it's Ron instead of yeah. I, I made a note of that. I couldn't I couldn't remember, and I can't remember why Ron isn't there, but he's not for some reason, isn't he? Because he's he's not with them when they when they take Norbert up to the tower. Yeah, and I, I couldn't remember why he's not there. Yeah, I, I I have made a note of that as well. That when Neville stands up to them at the end, it loses. That's his biggest it, it lo- part. Well, it loses its weight as well because yeah. if he was there for the previous scene, and I get that why Ron's there because it's Harry, Ron, Hermione. Those are the three main ones. Yeah. You have the big set piece where he's not there, like 
you're doing Rupert Grint a bit of a disservice there. Um, but it, like I said, it loses its weight. The the whole Neville has been caught and he's he's lost all these points and he's full of shame and hatred. Not hatred, but he's he's full of shame and he's sad and he tries to stop them making the same mistake twice. Yeah. But because he wasn't there for the first mistake, when he tries to stop them for the second mistake, which is when they leave to go and uh, get the Philosopher's Stone, it, it's like, oh, you're a character in this film. It's also it's meant to be the whole the whole reason he's in Gryffindor is that he's so unsure mm. of himself, but he summons up the bravery to stand up to like the three people that he calls mates there. But as you say, it's lost because you barely see him for the rest yeah, of the film. Oh, Hermione gets most of his lines, most of his moments. Does she? Because that's my point. I I don't think that. I don't think that it's meant to be a trio of characters like it's presented in the film franchise. I, I think it's almost meant to be Harry and Ron, and then Hermione at first is just another character. Yeah. She's, she's a very kind of popular semi-main character, but it's not a trio of main characters. Until maybe the very, very but, end, until when they go and yeah. get the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, when they go in there. To go. Imagine if it was like them two and Neville, and Hermione didn't even go. And, then they, and, they, and they, they are the fucking film. done at the Devil's Snare, and the first Completely trap. changed it. <laughs> <laughs> Neville would just piss himself and die on the spot. <laughs> but yeah, he, he was—he had all of his, a lot of his stuff taken away from him. It was a—I uh, get why they did it because they can't have the focus on too many character, too many main characters yeah. at once. And Hermione does play a bigger role than Neville. But you so, know, it's just unfortunate. yeah, the character gets done a bit of a day. But then after the um, the charms lesson, the Leviosa scene. <laughs> The infamous Leviosa scene. Leviosa, not Leviosa. Which is it? Is it Warwick Davis playing Flitwick? Because yep. he also plays Griphook as well, yep, doesn't he? He plays he all the short the people in this. He's film. all over it. He gets a, a complete and utter redesign for like the third film. So he's this old. Yeah, I didn't guy. understand that. And then by three, he's like got a short bowl. A black bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're laughing at it on the way out of the lesson. We know where Ron's like, it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. No wonder no one can stand her. Knocked past him. But then Harry is loving it. He's pissing himself. Yeah. He's joining in like, oh, lads, 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 lads. Bounce, 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 bounce. As soon as Hermione barges past and like wants to let them know she's upset, suddenly Harry just turns really judgy and goes, Ron, I think she heard you. <laughs> like he wasn't joining in with yeah. it. Suddenly uh, up on his fucking pedestal. He's like, lads, 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 lads. Ron, you're a fucking dickhead. <laughs> you're out of the lads now. <laughs> you are no longer a lad. Give me your lad li- your lad licence. Uh, and then, uh, then my neck, you've got the Quirrell birth and then going, troll in the dungeon. <laughs> which I'm sure he whispers to Dumbledore in the book. I... He collapses on the desk and goes, troll in the dungeon. For George and now. they all hear it. Yeah, I can't, I can't there, remember. But... But it's more dramatic in uh, film. But then I think there's a huge... Um, two leaps, actually. Didn't think this would line up well. Oh, yeah? There's a leap in logic and then a uh, unrealistic leap, a literal leap. <laughs> so the troll scene, I think, is actually executed really well in terms of how it's done on the screen. But it says in the book that Harry leaps onto the back of the troll. Yeah. Whilst a page like it was saying it's 12 feet high. Yeah, so he's got a bit of... Like triple jumper in him, so he couldn't have done that. Well, whereas in, in the film, he jumped magically. He, I think the troll puts his the club behind his head as he's about to swing, and Harry grabs onto the club and it swings up that yeah. way. That's a bit more believable. The second one is uh, Snape's cut on his leg. Yeah, and then suddenly they're like, oh, 
He tried to get him past Fluffy. The only like, thing that can possibly give from? him a cut on the leg. <laughs> yeah. Was it? Yeah. In the book, they kind of. The, do they? Do they see him making his way to the third floor corridor? No, I don't something? think they do. They, they they see him showing Filch in the staff room as cut. That's it. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And I think they might overhear him say something yeah, about that, that damn that, dog. Yeah. Yeah. That so it. that's that's obviously much more believable. But again, it's just rather than he has a cut. It's compressing Get to the, the police. It's compressing all of the necessary parts into it. Yeah. Because otherwise, it would be a four. But it just it just leads to a bit of a jump in logic. Very true. Very true. Um, there's a couple of weird scenes like that that they cut out. Like there's there's a weird scene after like a Quidditch practice when Harry sees. Professor Snape run into the forest and so he flies into the forest and listens to him yeah. bully Professor Quirrell which is a weird scene it's such a weird scene that until I reread it about a year ago I thought I'd made it up that like it isn't an actual scene Harry flying into the fucking forest and landing on a bloody tree on top of two teachers two yeah. magical teachers one of which has a dark Lord of the Sith in the back of his head like so that gets it's not, cut. Look, it's not that Sith. Well, it's not Sith. basically, is isn't he? Uh, they do use the phrase "dark side" a lot in this, which I was upset by. But yeah. Um, and then there's another weird scene, like late, later on, it's right at the end where Harry hears Quirrell arguing with Voldemort, and he thinks that Voldemort is Snape, which is weird because they won't have the same voice. And that's a, that's another yeah. weird scene that again I didn't think was real that I'd made up. Um, that I, was think like, tree, shit, I think the tree scene scene in the book I think the tree scene is what they do in the corridor when he's when he, when he's looking in the library yeah. and he's running away and he's under the invisibility cloak and he sees um, Snape pinning Quirrell mm. up against the wall yeah so they, they move think, it think, into a, a better I think it's done a little bit better in uh, there a better setting yeah, yeah. again it's, it's condensing all the parts into to make it fit so that would be a really weird scene like Harry coming down from Quidditch practice, he's never shown practicing yeah. for Quidditch ever in any in any yeah. film. He's never shown practicing for Quidditch. I don't think. But that doesn't mean that he's not doing. That it. doesn't mean he's not doing it. Just like it doesn't mean he's not doing English and maths. Exactly. It's just nothing interesting happens in those lessons. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would be such a weird scene. It'd be like that Quidditch scene that we talked about. We would be like, look at all this. Like we have to do all these new. Um, CGI, all these new CGI effects models. And, and stuff. So you may as well. Should just we talk do about it. the Quidditch game? I think we're, we're we're at the Quidditch game anyway. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I remember the CGI looking a lot better. Yeah, it looks like, like on the bits where Harry's shaking around. It looks like a video game at this point, and like not necessarily a good video game. Like maybe yeah. a video game from like 2015 or 2016, like a slightly older one. It's what all the backgrounds Do you remember look like. a PS2 game? Yes, I remember that. Quidditch World Cup. Yes! Oh, I fucking loved it. It was amazing. I loved that I game. I Quidditch World Cup. We'll have, we'll have to get that and play it. Uh, I might still have it at my mum and dad's. <gasps> okay, well, that's the next plan. <laughs> we'll read the Quidditch World Cup passage from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and play that game, <laughs> and that will be our Harry Potter we'll do episode. do a two-hour episode. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst, yeah, it was really good, I think, well, first of all, making a whole sport up is no no mean feat. Yeah. Well done, well done, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. I think it's very detailed. It's a bit of a um, weird one, because, like, the snitch seems very weighted, like... 
Well, no, it's quite light because it can like fly around quite um, agile. Oh my god! Weighted <laughs> in terms of points. Points. I know, but I it's thought... not, the whole thing is it's meant to be very difficult to catch. That's why the, the, the Gryffindor so doesn't good. have a seeker at the start. Yeah, you? so you may as well just like can you? Do you reckon you could just like have like two keepers, three beaters? This is actually one of my notes. Two you know? keep, like two <laughs> keepers, three beaters, and two seekers. Fuck, like, scoring points with the quaffle, because you may as well just not defend well, get the defence on side, and then have your special teams, which is your, your seeker. This, really, this was really one good. of my notes. I don't know whether the rules are that, um, in the book anyway, that each position can only play their position. Yes. So maybe, maybe so, the keeper can only go so far from... And Fred, you know, from Fred the and George posts. can't catch the snitch or they can't score goals. They can only yeah. hit the beaters. But then, the but then um, is it Flint for Slytherin? Yeah, Marcus takes, Flint. T- takes the, um, he takes the bludger the bat, bat, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and, and hits it at Wood. It's a good point. Who, I have to say, I think uh, the guy who played Wood, I think I looked it up before, Sean Biggerstaff, does such a good job. Yeah. yeah. I think he's one of the best actors in it and he has such a small role. I know. There's, I think he does a really, really, really good job. There's a really funny bit in the film, or at least it's funny to me, when he's showing Harry all the balls and that, and uh, he gets uh, the snitch, and he holds it to Harry and he goes, this, Harry, is the only thing you need to worry about, or something like that. This is the golden snitch. Catch this, and you win us the game, or something like that. And he lets it go. And obviously, Daniel Radcliffe has like a tennis ball that he needs to follow, and he must have been given the direction. <laughs> right, Dan? Follow this tennis ball, just and we'll, we're, we're going to put a golden snitch in there. And he follows it with his eyes, and he's brilliant. But Wood, like as soon as it flies out, like he looks the yeah. other fucking way. He's like, oh, it's over there, and that's why he's obviously a fucking keeper because he's got no idea where a snitch is at any given time. <laughs> really that makes me laugh. Been, that's that he just immediately looks the other way, or it could have just been a massive fuck up. Mate, yeah, <laughs> but it works either way. But yeah, I, I thought yeah, it was a really really awesome thing to make up a whole sport for the sake of your art for your story and have it be a plot device as well like it's not just they played quidditch it's dead cool he gets into grave peril whilst during the game my main problem with with this at this point there's a there's a reason there's two two games in the in the book there's only one they, they condense them but the reason that nothing happens to i mean why 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 he isn't let me get my word. <laughs> the reason that Harry is in danger in the first game in the book is because Dumbledore isn't there. Yeah. So Quirrell feels like he can try and, you know, do Harry in while Snape's trying to save him. Yeah. And then he's safe at the second game because Dumbledore's there and Snape's the referee. And Snape's also trying to look after him too. Yes, I'd forgotten. Whereas in Snape the film, Dumbledore is at that game. Yeah. And it, so why does he not help Harry? Yeah. Why is he just standing there, the most powerful wizard? Yeah. yeah. I hadn't thought. About, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, because there's a whole point that for the second, uh, the second match, the Gryffindors are like, well, "Why the fuck is Snape the referee? Like, he's head of Slytherin House. He's not going to be fair." And then yeah. he, he isn't fair, but he is also trying to keep Harry safe. Yeah. Even though he's an asshole. He gets to have his cake and eat it too. He does that. Yeah. And he eats it in front of Harry's face. But yeah, that annoyed me a little bit because Dumbledore's just like, oh no, it must just be a problem with the broom. <laughs> Give, it to to see here. Give it a moment. Give it a moment. I'll step in if need be, but for, for now. 
It's fine. Let him work it out himself. Uh, the the spell that Hermione uses. Oh, also as well, the stands look cool. Yeah, but they're really like, like so. Like Hermione has to go all the way down the stairs and then over to like three stands over and go all the way up the other stairs. I know. to get to Snape. Like how? Whereas stupid. in the book, it's described more as like a, a classic stadium. Stadium, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does look And they cool missed the out a fight with Malfoy as well, which would have been cool. Ron has a, a fist fight with Malfoy and Neville. <laughs> he does, does Yeah, and Neville gets his fucking face caved in, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, but the spell that Hermione uses, Lacanum Inflamare, I was sure was in the book, but it's not. She just says she mutters a few words. Mm. And I was wondering whether or not they reached out to J.K. Rowling, because I know they pretty much ran every line of dialogue past her to see yeah. whether or not it was okay. I wonder whether or not they, they reached out to J.K. Rowling to see if she wrote the spell for the film. Like, we need a spell that will make a little bit of fire. Yeah. And apparently she didn't. They just made it up. Yeah, there's... I can't so remember what I didn't it is. think I'd find anything on it, but she, she says, when referring to the spell, J.K. Rowling noted that if it existed in the canon universe, which I'm assuming is the books, um, it would be impractical due to the long incantation. But it's only one syllable longer than Avada Kedavra. Mm. But maybe maybe Avada Kedavra's made so it's impractical because it's such a... A last result. A, yeah. Maybe. Possibly. Wingardium Leviosa's fucking impractical. <laughs> imagine like you move I mean, the swish is hard on it, so imagine you're moving your piano around the house and it's like god I don't want it upstairs anymore I want it downstairs in the second sitting room and you're moving it around the house and it falls down the stairs and you have to go uh, Wingardium Leviosa and by the time you said Lev in Leviosa it crashed on the floor <laughs> how impractical is that you sound so rich by the way talking about if I were to move I d- my piano I did, to the second sitting room I did sort of play that play on that <laughs> I was like the first thing I thought of when I thought of moving anything was a piano and I was like well shit apparently now I'm middle class <laughs> <laughs> well apparently you are um, Illuminati confirmed but yeah um, the, the, the point I was making about that about JK Rowling being all, all the lines being run past her. There were the first four books out at this point by the time they were making this film. Yeah. And in the screenplay, she read it over and saw a line in it and went, no, you can't put that. That contradicts with something that I'm going to do in the next book. Okay. That's pretty cool. Which I think the foreshadowing on that is really, really good. Yeah. The, that the she's thought, ahead. no, you can't. You can't do that. You can't say that because it will it will restrict what you can do in. Because I'm going to twi- I'm going to tweet the... something in 15 years' time, right? <laughs> and you're going to contradict that. You're already outing Monty McGonagall. <laughs> it's too early for this. That is a book seven revelation. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that was that was that was neat. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, the Norbert arc is a lot. I, the Norbert role in the film is that small because it's quite a big uh, part of it's the whole chapter in the, yeah. in, in the book where they kind of they find him and then they have, they go and visit him a few times while he's getting too big yeah. and it's bigger every time and so and Ron gets Ron in touch goes, with Charlie oh, no, we can send him. yeah we can send him to live with my brother uh, and that's the reason they get the tension which leads him to go to the forest and, and it was that much of the big part of the book that I was reading it and I was like it's not a bit in the film yeah and I was like, maybe they moved... I remember Norbert being in, in a film. Maybe they moved him to the second film. Maybe he's the dragon And it was really back in my head. Yeah, no, like, it's... 
that Norbert scene is like the scenes we've been talking about, the pointless one-minute scenes that would have been cool to have in, but in the end it's just like, you know what, let's not do that because of it's just fucking pointless and it's going to last a minute. That Norbert scene is probably about 90 seconds and they knock on Hagrid's yeah. door randomly about something. Or is that the scene where they go in and talk about the Philosopher's That's Stone? The, we know about the Philosopher's yeah, Stone. and it goes nowhere because they stop talking about the Philosopher's Stone as soon as they see the fucking dragon. And then Malfoy's it's at the window. It's just an excuse to have them out of bed. Yeah. And then Malfoy is like at the window, like straight away. And it's like, well, Norbert may yeah. as well not exist. And then the next night, it's like, oh, Norbert's not there anymore. Dumbledore's got rid of him. He's gone to live in Romania or something. Yeah. It's like, well, why would you send a Norwegian like not, bridge not, back to Norbert? They're not scared about Romania? him getting in trouble or anything. They've... Yeah. I think it's strange that they send the Norwegian uh, dragon back to, Romania. to Romania. Like, he probably doesn't speak the language. Hagrid is right to be worried about him. Like, imagine <laughs> if I sent you to. Macedonia, like you don't. Yeah, speak... My Macedonian is is not up to scratch. Yeah, exactly. I speak pigeon Macedonian at best. Do you? Yeah. I don't speak any, unfortunately. I can say I can say hello. Can you go on? Cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> my accent's probably not great, but you know. Oh fucking hell! Why did I not see that coming? <laughs> that has really upset me. <laughs> Uh, got yeah, got got him. These nuts. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, yes, so the detention, as we're talking about yeah. it, as we've already spoke about, far fewer centaurs, far fewer Neville Longbottoms. Yeah. So my um, where's it gone? The say in my notes, it's like the centaurs just kind of arrive, or the centaur forensic just kind of arrives. Like, there's no... You don't meet him beforehand. I mean, it'd be difficult to meet him beforehand because it's like a a two-and-a-half-minute scene. It's a really short one. I feel like they got to this bit in the film and it was like, shit, we have too much stuff. Just condense it all. (laughs) Make make that... So so make the start of Act 3 of the book, like, ten minutes long in the film, please, in the editing suite. But, like... I think it's one of the funniest bits in the book as well, though, because they keep trying to ask the centaurs questions and they all just keep arriving and the sky and they're like, Mars is bright tonight. Yeah, it's really, Mars is bright tonight. And Hagrid's like, fucking <laughs> hell. This is why you never asked a centaur yeah. question. <laughs> but, yeah, th- 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 not all of that's sort of gone. And, yeah, Forenza just kind of arrives and it's like, oh, this, this isn't Earn again. Like, I never knew that yeah. you existed in this world, and now you're here, and it's kind of like Deus Ex. Doling out advice. Forenze, yeah, Deus Ex Centaurs. Why, you know the, the the kind of cloaked version of, is it Quirrell or Voldemort? It's Quirrell, it? yes. Why, why is he floating? To make him why look is he gliding? evil in the film. No, because it's, it's described like that, there's like a spirit in the book too. Mate... Maybe it's like maybe it's just Voldemort. No, it's it's, be on his it's own not for a bit. because in the book the reason why Quirrell dies isn't because Harry burns him with his hands. It's because Voldemort leaves Quirrell's body, and that's what kills Quirrell in the book. So in the book it won't be Voldemort on his onesie because it would have killed Quirrell. They make that point after at the end. Mm. So I I don't know. Maybe. So he doesn't leave wizard footprints. I don't know. Doesn't doesn't Dumbledore kill Quirrell? Because Dumbledore comes and saves the day at the end. No, yeah, no. In in the book, in the book. So in in the film, 
Harry burns him with his hands and causes blisters that make all his hands fall off. In the, it turns into stone or something. I don't know. Yeah, as my brother he used to put because he was very young when this came out. I was like, why is he turning them into biscuits? <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've actually put. What does my notes say? Uh, Quirrell burns versus biscuits. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, no. So Harry does he create burns him just blisters and it's just yeah. sheer pain. Voldemort feels Voldemort is like fuck this shit I'm out of here and breaks out of Quirrell's body his spirit breaks out of Quirrell's body and it's that that kills him so when Dumbledore shows up Quirrell's already dead Voldemort's gone I don't think it ever actually says that he dies because Voldemort leaves his body I'm pretty I mean I know you've read the book more recently but I'm pretty certain it's in that hospital scene with Dumbledore at the end are you going to read it all now the whole book Bear with us, guys, for seven years while Dan reads a book. <laughs> the cat sat on the mat. Well done, have a sticker. Uh, why couldn't Quirrell touch me? It's in your skin. We should edit in some lift music here. <laughs> it doesn't say. Doesn't it? No. It just it just moves on straight to you know was it you who gave me the cloak and he goes yeah it's your dad he used to steal used to steal food from the kitchens with it and we were okay with it we let him do it yeah we knew he was there fair enough yeah um I'll retract that yeah. but only for lack of evidence I'm pretty certain I'm right but I will st- I will retract that statement for lack of evidence okay but yeah the detention leads to the same reveal that you've got floaty. Floaty Voldemort slash Quirrell. Yeah, floaty, floaty, floaty for no reason. So he doesn't leave. So he doesn't leave wizard footprints. Yes, we'll agree, we'll agree on that. With his wizard feet. Yeah, uh, and then when they finally do work it out, you know when they run over to Hagrid and he's like, "Oh my god, why didn't I see it before?" And they run over and Hagrid's playing his flute. Yeah, he's playing, he's the, playing do, 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 the main do. theme. Yeah, yeah. I hated that. Did you? Yeah. There's Easter eggs, and then there is shattering the fourth wall. <laughs> I was not a fan. Oh, uh, fair enough. Made, made more annoying by the fact that that flute he was meant to give to Harry for Christmas in yes. the books. Yeah, So it's yeah. still in it. He's just using it to break the fourth wall. He's just kept his own present. He was like, you know what, Hagrid? You've made an... Am-. He's talking to himself <laughs> at this point, by the way. There's not another... Somerset. But you know what, Hagrid? You've made a fucking banging flute. Instead of giving it to that young Harry, who's probably never going to play it after this year, just keep it for yourself. That's probably what it does. That's what I'm choosing to believe. And be meta as fuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got onto it straight away, and I was like, is he playing? He is. I, I didn't like it. It didn't sit well with me. To, uh, shatter your suspension of disbelief. Yes. Your disbelief was well and truly suspended as soon as... But it would have been a bit lame to see one of them poorly pay the flute. To, yeah, to, like the last to... scene where Harry's just like probably blowing into the flute and Fluffy's like, yeah. oh my God, this shit is my jam, yo. Like, oh, this is my nap music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked the enchanted harp that was already there. Yeah, that Quirrell's that obviously been, more. play something good, Amundo. That's the spell. <laughs> that if is you, the spell. If you didn't already know, I know lots of Harry Potter spells. I mean, that's a long incantation. I don't think J.K. Rowling would, would appreciate that. Unwieldy. It would be impractical. Very unwieldy and impractical. Uh, yeah, so we're at the trials, I guess you can call them now. Yes. 
I want to raise my grievances right now. Okay. That lock does not look like it needs like a charm to keep it shut. Yeah, I know. Like it's just a bolt, like on the get on a garden gate. It, what is this? The one with the keys? No. Do you mean? The, so in so in the in the film version, the one that Hermione does the Alohomora charm. Oh, okay. Oh, to get into Fluffy. Yeah, it, and I guess I get that it's magically sealed, but to but to look at it as as a as a, as an audience member watching a, a film, it just looks like one of those bolts that you lift to open a garden yeah. gate. And then they get out when they, well, earlier in the film when they first find Fluffy, and they get out and rush out and they go ah, they get out and they put the bolt down and that's it and then like Fluffy can't get out then. <laughs> They're like, oh shit, the door's closed. I guess I better stop. <laughs> better sing myself to sleep. Do 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 do. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't like the look of the lock. I know it's a, a small grievance, but it didn't look convincing as a as the first measure to protect disbelief all suspended substance. yet again. Yes, and then Hagrid came in and started singing Hedwig's theme. <laughs> Ruined it again. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Fluffy is identical apart from the harp. Is the harp out instead, of, instead the of the flute. Yes, the, 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 uh, the devil's snare. Is something different in the Devil's Snare? Yeah. Is it something to do with light? Doesn't Hermione, like... Hermione uses the same charm she does on Hagrid. Not Hagrid. Ooh! On, oh. That's the, that's the Darkest Timeline version. <laughs> on Quirrell. On, on Snape. Oh, Snape, she, yes. She doesn't do it yeah. on Quirrell. She, yeah, she, yeah. She, she, in the book, she uses the, the Bluebell Flames, the one that she gets out with a jar and then yeah. puts it in the jar. Um while they're just like, oh, what do we do? And whereas in the film, she's just like, stay still. And apparently stay, staying still saves her uh, and Harry. But Ron just can't stay still. Yeah. He's panicking so much. So she does uh, Loomis Solem. The, yeah. It, it it's fun, like it's kind of funny that in the film where Ron's like absolutely shitting himself. He drops <laughs> and he's like, oh, good job none of us panicked, eh? <laughs> really funny. I didn't Kill get... us faster. Oh, now I can relax. <laughs> Uh, and then no, we it's, get... a, it's a it's a it's a good version. I like I, I think I preferred that than just. It's a bit more dramatic. It added a isn't little it, bit for, more uh, stake for for the for the visual medium. And then you, you, yeah. you, we get to the the keys. The keys is slightly different. In the yeah. in the book, there are three brooms. So there's a bunch of brooms. So they all get on the mm-hmm. brooms. And what I think is really weird about the key one is that they're like, oh fucking hell, which key is it that opens this lock? And then it's like. It's the one that looks slightly fucking different to all the rest of them. Because all the other keys look exactly the same. And then there's this big fucking chonky one that is obviously with, the one that they need. With, like, broken wings because it's been stuffed into the into the keyhole. Yeah. Well, the bro- the broken wings is fine because that's what obviously what Snape's done. But it's like, if you're trying to hide the key, why don't you just make it the most insignificant looking one? Make it the well, one that you need, the one that looks exactly like all the rest of the keys. Well, they do kind of solve that in the, in the film, I think, by only giving them one broom. Harry's really naturally good on a broom. Yeah. But then as soon as he gets on it, they all start attacking him as well. So it's not just a matter of find the odd key out and then go and get it. It's a matter of find the odd key out on your own with all the other chunks of metal blasting you in the face. Yeah, yeah. I get that. And it's well, it's a Quidditch match, isn't it, really? That's the whole point of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked, again, that was better than, than the book version. Sorry, JK. Mm, that was no JK. Um, and then we get to the... The yeah, uh, the chess match, and I'm sure we probably have exactly the same point to say about the chess match when it gets to the end. Uh, so the chess, the chess is is fine. Um, I have one to open with. I think on. they should have at least tried to walk across the board. Yeah, and they didn't. They did in the film, and then they get their swords in front of them. 
Yeah. But in the book, they're like, oh, there's a big chessboard. Guess we're going to play. Guess we're playing chess. Um, but yeah, so in the, the book from memory, uh, some pieces are broken, aren't they? There's, there's a knight that's broken, a castle, and what does Hermione No, no, in, in the book, they pick, they pick what they're going to do. Oh, be, and they hop and then... out the way, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, they hop out the way. But yes, in the film, there's two broken ones. There's a knight. No, the knight's not broken. There's a there's a castle that Harry plays as and the bishop that Hermione plays as. And then Ron's like, I'm going to be a fucking knight. And he gets on the horse. And it's fine. No issue whatsoever. I think in the film, it's already decided what they're going to be because they're just empty squares. Yeah, so there are two empty squares for Ron and... There are two empty squares for Harry and Hermione. Uh, but Ron has to just picks the knight because he gets to ride a horse and it's pretty cool. But then at the yeah. end, where he's like, he sacrifices himself. In yeah. the the book, he literally sacrifices himself. He's not on a horse. He is playing as the knight and he walks into the square and gets fucking KO'd by the queen. But in does the, he not ride the horse in the book? No, no, he walks into it. I'm sure he does. Because they, they all hop out. The, the, you reminded me, the pieces all hop out the way when Ron's like, I'm going to be a knight. And the knight's like, no, okay. Uh, feel free, check. feel free to check while I'm doing this. But then in the the film, because this this point stands regardless. Like he sacrifices himself and he he, he gets into the position where the queen's going to take him, so that Harry or Hermione, whichever one, can then checkmate the king. And like yeah. the queen glides up to him and it's dead menacing, and then stabs the fucking stabs the horse. It shatters, and then Ron jump, falls like three feet to the ground and is like apparently dead. He falls like three yeah. feet to the ground, and I don't get that. And I also don't get why he couldn't just jump off. The piece is still yeah, there, know, he's like... but Ron could just go. <laughs> and he fall, yeah, falls like literally three feet onto his back and dies, and I don't get that. <laughs> like yeah. in, in the book, like this, this giant stone well, it's, queen it's magic with it. This is one of the things that you can say. It's magic, and he's part of the night piece... The horse gets stabbed. Maybe he feels that as well. Maybe that's part of the the, the spell that's on the board. No, but, I don't yeah. think that's it. <laughs> no, I mean it could but, be, but I also think it's. Yeah, yeah I, I, I get. Dramatic. Maybe I'm just trying to explain it away because it's a bit dumb. It's very yeah, it's dumb. It's like the dumbest bit of the film. It's the only bit yeah. that I think is. And then is in the book, they just drag him to the side and go, "Joey's fine. He's been hit to the head with stone. Next <laughs> task." Which is cut in the film. Snake's the potions two. one. There's, there's what, two. They what, go through a room with a troll. a troll that's already been knocked out. Yeah, because that's, that's Quirrell's task. Defence against the dark arts. Yeah. Uh, Which uh, we don't know if it's the same troll as they beat earlier in the story. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be. But it's immaterial, but it would have been nice to know. It's kind of like the last hint, isn't it, that it's going to be Quirrell that's the bad guy, because... Mm. Quirrell introduces the troll earlier, yeah. and there's another troll here, and then yeah, uh, Snape's and task then there's just a logic cut, game, which would be really boring, I think, yeah. to watch on screen. But you could just make it like a thirty second to a minute where Harry is the hero in that room instead of being the final hero in the chess room. You sort of extend that forwards uh, to Snape's room, and then he's the the hero there, and Hermione's like. It's it's you, Harry. You're the one that has to go and whatever. That could else have she just says. been a moment for Harry to just go. We don't like. She could have like read out the logic problem puzzle, and he could have gone. We don't have time to solve this, and just grabbed one and drank it and tried it and burst into flames. Fucking YOLO. Because that would have been a very uh, Gryffindor-esque move. 
Yeah, YOLO. Which leads me to my question before we get to the final chamber. I I think I've I've talked myself out of the argument now, but do you not think Hermione possibly should have been sorted into Ravenclaw? Uh, She mentions this a little bit later on in the books. Does she? That um, the Sorting Hat gave her a choice. Uh, you know, like it kind of gave Harry a choice where Harry was like, not yeah. Slytherin, not Slytherin. And he's like, are you sure? Fine. Got into Gryffindor then. She mentions it in one of them. I don't know which one. I want to say Prisoner. Um, I want to say Order of the Phoenix that she mentions okay. that she could have been a Ravenclaw. The Sorting Hat gave her the choice and she went with Gryffindor. I think the, the whole point it comes down to is that she's braver than she is clever. She's very clever, but she uses... She she seeks out the knowledge so that she can help more. Yeah, yeah. It's it, her dominant. The, everyone's got a sort of dominant personality trait in Gryffindor is that they're sort of brave. And yeah, you're right. Like you said, she is braver than she she's is. She's not just collecting knowledge for the sake of passing tests and showing that she's dead clever. She's yeah. doing it so that she can save the day. Yeah. Whereas the Ravenclaws are just like sit, sit on the knowledge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then final chamber. Is uh, yeah, it, it's, pretty good adaptation. Is it is it condensed anymore? I don't think it is. I think it's a, a pretty quick fire thing in the book. As no, well yeah, as... it's it's not too long. The, the only the only notes that I have that are different are that he offers to Voldemort when he unveils Voldemort. Um, he offers to bring his parents back, which he doesn't do in the book. Oh, okay. He's like, we can bring them back together. We can accomplish great things. And Join me, and together we will destroy the Sith. <laughs> yeah, it is very Star Wars. Um, and then, yeah, the Burn versus Biscuits debate. Yeah, I think it's it's again it, it's it's it gets to the same point, and it's more, it looks more dramatic. It looks better than just him blistering, like his hands falling away, and his face falling away looks cooler than how yeah. it's written in the book, which is great in the book. But translating that verbatim to screen, just, it wouldn't look as cool. Yeah, it wouldn't. So I'm on board with it. And, and also seeing Dumbledore come in to save the day when Harry's meant to be the hero of the story. Yeah. Although you don't, be a little you bit don't necessarily see Dumbledore in the book. It's kind of like alluded to that Harry blacks out and he hears someone say his name, which is, is Dumbledore. He blacks out and he's like, hears someone go, Harry, Harry. And it turns out that that's Dumbledore. You find and it's Hagrid. chapter. Harry, Harry. With magical flute to save the day. <laughs> yeah, and then the bit in the in the uh, the hospital bed at the end. I think it's kind of well done. I think at this point they strip the lesson of the whole story um, from the film. Go on. So the, most of the monologue that Dumbledore gives him about you know the the, the love from his mum living in his skin and that's what saved him from Voldemort. But there is a line that he gives to him in the book that says. The stone uh, was really not such a wonderful thing. As for money, um, as much money and life as you could want, the two things that human beings would choose above all. Um, the trouble is, humans have a knack of choosing precisely the things which are worse for them. <laughs> and that line's not there in the film, is it? it non- it's not even mentioned. It's basically saying, you know, there's this thing that can give you all the money, all the life in the world, and you know, everyone would probably choose it if they could. Mm. But it turned out to be the downfall of like two or three people in the book and you shouldn't yeah. just chase that you should chase other stuff and the, the moral of the film is all you need is love so basically yeah. the film may as well just be a, a Beatles song 
<laughs> I, th- I think it's that. I think it's that. more. It's more the whole "be careful what you wish for" side of things. Yeah, because you know you could get it, but it could be the downfall of you. Oh, yeah. You should you should treasure things beside besides. You should make life count because it's not going to last forever. Yeah, and and money is not the most important thing in the world. I think are the two lessons that are woven through the story, and it's just not in the film at all. Yeah, it's like it's, it's just the Disney ending. It's like remember, love will save you all the time. Yeah, basically. All you need is someone who loves you. And then everyone who has no one that loves them sitting in the cinema screen, just like, well, fuck this then. I may as well go go after all the money and uh, life force that I can. (laughs) I'm going to live forever. (laughs) But yeah, and then the ending location's different. That's about it. You see see the Dursleys pick him up in the book from King's Cross. Yeah, I mean, the, when when uh, Harry gets the photo album is in a slightly different location. Hagrid comes and visits him in the hospital bed, but he gives yeah. it to him on the platform in the film. And again... But he's also devastated in the hospital. Like, he's mortified yeah. that he gave away all this information that I should not have said that over and over again. Yeah. And I think it, it makes the bond between Harry and Hagrid much stronger in the book. He's kind yeah. of like a casual mate in the, in the in the movie. Yeah, he's just like, yeah. I got a the friendly groundskeeper. Yeah, it's still it's still like nice to see them have a relationship, but it's it's not as good as in the book. Yeah, it does it doesn't grow when you they don't grow in each other, and you don't see the relationship as much in the film. Yeah, you're right. I get that. The but, more we describe this, I feel like it start the film starts off really well and kind of degrades towards the end. And you know, and uh, I agree with that. I think that it does so, that they had so much build up because you need build up that they knew that they were going to do a film franchise. They knew that this first film had to set up like everything basically and so they have all of the build up and all of the groundwork into it and then it's like oh shit this is two hours and we're not at the end yet uh, <laughs> let's cram Norbert in let's cram the detention just so we can get to that end bit and oh skip shit, two trials let's skip two bits um, I, I think well, it would have been a three hour film it would have been a three hour kids film and it's already a two and a half hour kids film yeah, uh, which is excessive for a kids film as I say, I think they were petrified of leaving anything out because all, there was a big fan base for Harry Potter at the point that this came out. Obviously, yeah. made much bigger by the films, but I feel like there was just like people sitting in the cinema, like if they fuck this up, if they leave out peeves, I'm gonna be very peeved. <laughs> I, yeah, and that was me. That was you. Incorrect. Were you that looking forward me. to seeing peeves? No, no. I um, the interest. I I saw it in Florida the first time I saw it. I was on holiday with my family and we, we were in America and it was like raining or something while we were at, at Disney. And we were like, well, shit, what we should do? I mean, we didn't say that because I was 10 at the time. But, well, nine <laughs> at the time. So, oh, shit, what should we do? Uh, it was piss- pissing it down. We went to uh, the cinema and watched it and it, it, it was the Sorcerer's Stone version. Uh, my dad fell asleep in the cinema about 13 minutes in, like proper early on, proper dad behaviour. Falling asleep in the cinema, <laughs> and yeah, we saw it with so- the Sorcerer's Stone scenes that we looked up just before we started this recording. Yeah, we watched them we? just before we started. And it's really, film. it's really funny that every time the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone is mentioned in the film, it's always a close close-up of a character that is obviously like Hermione. delivering. Yeah, Hermione's like it's the Sorcerer's Stone. Cut. Okay, Emma, that was amazing. Now we'll just get that again, but just say Philosopher's Stone this time instead. It's the Philosopher's Stone. Amazing, Emma. Brilliant. Great day's work, guys. Let's go. Let's go home. 
Uh, and they're all like they're they all like that. to reprint a whole page in that book just so they could say Sorcerer's Stone in it as well. <laughs> and they're all like that. Like the another one is like when they all run into McGonagall's office and they they want to get in touch with Dumbledore, but Dumbledore's fucked off. He's got a letter to go to the Ministry, and uh, Harry's like, "But it's important. It's it's about the Philosopher's Stone, and it's a proper close up. That and it's potentially a green screen behind him, but it's a proper close up <laughs> of his face." Like well, not proper close up, but it's like a shoulder shot as well. There's, no one else is in it. The sword, the philosopher's stone, and I'm just imagining like they're they're doing these scenes, and it's like it's important. It's about the philosopher's stone. Okay, cut. Daniel, we'll we'll do the other one. It's the sorcerer's stone this time. It's, like, mm. it's important. It's about the philosopher's stone. Oh shit! Sorry, I've been I've been practicing at home with a philosopher's stone, not a sorcerer's stone. <laughs> Funny do you stuff. do you do you have? I imagine you do know, but do you know why they changed it to sorcerer? I think in it America? was about like the uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone that the publishers were worried that that wouldn't sound appealing, and so they changed it to a bit more magical. And in fairness, there's no reason why it should be called the Philosopher's Stone uh, unless there's an actual magical thing in real life, like in law, law like that is the Philosopher's Stone. There's no reason for it. Sorcerer's Stone is probably a more logical name for it. But being a British man, it's fucking sacrilege that it's called the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> I do think it's because the publishers were worried that it wouldn't sell. It they they didn't want it to Stone. be too worthy. Yeah, they wanted it to be about sorcerers and magic instead of philosophers and knowledge. It just makes it messy it when you've got two versions of the film floating around that are just literally one word replaced. Every yeah. time they say it, yeah, it's so odd. Two different edits. Two fan. different edits. Accidentally, two different accidentally edits. Sending, Very slightly uh, different edits as well. Accidentally bo- boxing off all the uh, all the edits to send them off to the cinemas, and, uh, and some trickster, probably Rick Mayall, because he's pissed off he didn't make the film, <laughs> sneaks into the warehouse and changes round the package notes. So the philosopher. What you're saying is he go- stayed in character as Peeves. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. So he change, changes the packing notes. So the philosophers, the, the philosophers' stones go to America, and the sorcerers' stones go to British. To go to the British public, and Rick Mayall's there. Like, <laughs> I don't know what Rick Mayall really sounds like, so I'm just assuming he'd do something like that. I know that was a pretty, a pretty good Rick Mayall laugh. Like that line. Uh, the only, the only other little note I have is that when when they win the House Cup at the end, they haven't mentioned throughout the whole film that Slytherin have won it like you know the past. Yeah. Six or seven years, I think it is. Yeah, seven years. So the years. payoff isn't as big. Yeah, there's no stakes in it, is it? It's like, yeah. Slytherin, so have, nice Slytherin, it. Slytherin have won it for the last seven years, but not this year. <laughs> I, 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 I also was wondering why Slytherin as a house is either not more closely policed or monitored <laughs> or be allowed to fucking exist. Yeah, yeah, without some serious <laughs> changes. Because they are they just say like, so many times that there isn't a witch or wizard who went bad who wasn't in yeah. Slytherin. It's like every every evil wizard has come from well, Slytherin. No, I th- my take from that is that not every because like uh, they think Sirius Black is evil and Peter Pettigrew is evil and they were both Gryffindors. My take from that is that not all evil wizards are from Slytherin, but all Slytherins are evil. That was, that was that's my not the take. way they phrase it. That's my take from that. I I struggle with that phrasing that, you know, the Hagrid says, there weren't a witch or wizard that went bad that worked so from Slytherin. I don't a witch or wizard. There isn't a witch or wizard who went bad who wasn't from Slytherin. So that so, if you took an example of any witch or wizard who went bad, they were from Slytherin, basically, is what you're saying. 
But I guess that unless, is wrong if you're saying that uh, unless Pettigrew it's, was a Gryffindor. Yeah, I still take that to mean, and I could just be hearing it wrong, I've always struggled with the phrasing of that, that line. Unless, it, a lot of unless what Hagrid is saying is that everyone in Slytherin went bad. Just full well, that's stop. That's true, though. Isn't it? Is there evidence of no. that? Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm sure that every Slytherin graduate did not go evil. But isn't that the whole point of what you were just saying? That everyone in Slytherin went evil? No. I was saying that... Every wizard that went bad was a Slytherin. But not all Slytherins yeah, were but evil. Not all, but not all Slytherins went bad. Maybe, that, maybe that's what it is then. That not all Slytherins are evil. But all the evil wizards But the are ones that do go bad are in Slytherin. Yeah. Although that is proven to be incorrect with Peter Pettigrew. It's just a blanket rule that they've just applied yeah. to everyone. But yeah. I, I, lo- I, love, I love the idea that after, you know, Harry saves the day, or Harry, Ron, Hermione and Neville, not so much Neville, but those those four save the day. I love the idea that Dumbledore's sitting in his, in his office and is like, I'm going to have some fun here. How far behind this uh, Gryffindor? He works it out and he's like, oh, okay, so they're 120, what is it? They're 110 points behind or something. What could I do here? Oh, I've got, uh, what, it, no, so it's 50, 50, 60 and 10. 60 so it's 10. 170 points that he gives them, isn't it? So there must be 160 yeah. points behind. I love the idea that he's, he's working that out in his office. He's like, what can I fucking do here? What can I do? I've got four kids. Oh, I've got it. And he works it all out and he's like, Ron's getting 50, mine is getting 50. Harry saved the day, so he's getting 60. He's like, shit, shit, fucking hell, they're still tying. What can I do here? And then he's like, fucking Neville. Thank God, Neville. Let's give him just 10 points or some shit. And I'm going to save him to last. I love the thought of Dumbledore just sitting there with forks, just being like, what could I do to fuck shit up here? (laughs) (laughs) I did laugh because I know that he says that, you know, he says a... What happened in the dungeon was a complete secret. So naturally, the whole school. Yeah, knows. that's a cool line. I so like obviously, that. the whole school knows. But you know, they're not all going to know the details. <laughs> and he's given out these these last minute points. Yeah. <laughs> and he gives he gives fifty points to to uh, Ron for playing the best game of chess that Hogwarts has ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone must be like, "What the fuck?" He's definitely playing favorite. And for Hermione to shout at Ron for not being cool. Like she, she falls through the devil's snare. Like Ron, you need to. It'll just kill you faster. Like making him panic more. And she gets fifty points for it. <laughs> Harry kills a guy. This is the film. Harry kills a dude, and gets sixty points for it. Gets ten more. Points yeah, ten more, more points than Ron for his best game of chess. And Neville summons every ounce of courage that he has to stop his friends making a sec well a first mistake. And fucking fails miserably. Neville, Neville's point there is obviously it's his bravery and this is why he gets into Gryffindor. But he fucking fails and he still gets ten points for it. He's like, I'm gonna no, stop you. I won't let you. <laughs> and proceeds to let them. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even or you an know. even better thought that just crossed my mind is that Dumbledore doesn't realise what he's gonna do until he's in there and he's like making it up on the fly and he's like watching the hourglasses fill up and he's like Hermione have 50 points not enough Ron have 50 points shit I'm still not there Harry 60 points fucking hell that's not enough oh, um, oh, Neville have 10 points <laughs> there we go made it Dean Thomas for having the best wank of his life <laughs> 5 points I didn't know he knew about that <laughs> thanks professor why is he American? 
I don't know. I'm appealing to the Sorcerer's Stone. Ah, the crowd. Sorcerer's Crowd. Fair play. Yeah. Uh, as a kind of final note on the comparison of the two, I feel like Dumbledore could have been a bit more batty, but I liked his reserved version as well, so I'm fine with the his way. his sort of grandfatherly demeanour. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's no sherbet lemons. Yeah. Either. I am um, yet. I do think that all of the all of the cast are pretty pretty spot on. J.K. Rowling writes a bunch of posh boys and girls, and they're all a bunch of posh boys and girls, with the exception of only, Hagrid, my only problem. Who is written only problem I had is that the main the main three as a trio do have they have good chemistry and they do act together, but Emma Watson and Rupert Grint act circles around Daniel Radcliffe for the whole of that yeah. film, made more evident by the fact in that final face off with Quirrell when he doesn't have the other two to bounce off. You've got a professional actor who's very experienced. Quirrell's really good. Yeah. <laughs> like really menacing. And then Daniel Radcliffe's just like, liar! Yeah. And his arms are by his side the whole time. Uh, and there's like, it, oh, He doesn't say many lines. And the extent of his acting is not reacting to a mirror. So he, part <laughs> of it, he doesn't have to react. He just has to stand there and get filmed. And the other half is he needs to, like, wink at himself. He needs to, like, get something out of his pocket. Wink at himself and put it back. That's the extent of his acting in that final bit. No, you're right, it's a good point. He does get better. He does get a lot better in subsequent films. Yeah. But it's a wonder he kept the job after this one. <laughs> they were like, oh shit, we're stuck with him now. So like they say, never work with kids. I knew we should have rebooted Harry Potter as a gritty uh, drama in which they're all <laughs> in which they're all twenty something. <laughs> we can get actual they, real they all actors. finished school and they know English and maths now <laughs> they can write a fucking they, essay now they can learn on rolls of parchment Hogwarts University <laughs> I would watch that I would watch Hogwarts University as well <laughs> uh, it got I mean we've praised it quite a lot should, should, we, should we say which one we prefer I think we're both probably going to be pretty universal on it uh, it's, it's got to be the book hasn't it yeah the book but like makes me feel warm feelings in my warm belly warm and fuzzy it's yeah. It's just it just brings back childhood memories. I mean, they both bring back childhood memories, but it, it has to be the book. They're both good, yeah. though. They are both good. It's a, I think it's the best version of what it could be, even if they were trying to cram it all mm. in. Well, and they got a lot better as it went yeah. on. Because as I said at the at the start, it's the second longest film, but it's the shortest mm. book. So they obviously got a lot better at picking and choosing. Yeah, like, like what to actually like put we in. said, it sort of it sort of skirt rides the line. And it never really falls off into being faithful to its detriment. It always sort of stays faithful and it works because of it. Um, it never sort of... I can't really think of an example of, of something that's so I would love to know what it would have turned out like if they didn't keep J.K. Rowling so in the loop. Mm. Did you hear that as, they the... were originally going to... That there was a thought process that they... they I, think, I feel like it was quite early on in the casting that they were going to do it in America... So Hogwarts was going to be moved to America, and they were all going oh, to be American. No. And J.K. Rowling was like, "Nah, you fucking not. If you want to make the film, it's uh, it's it's going to be in England. England. I, I do Scotland. love that. I love the fact that it's a British franchise because they could easily have moved it to America, mm. and it wouldn't have been very good, in my opinion. But it would it would have been an easy thing to do because they were like, "Oh well, this is really successful, so it'll be even better in America because they just people seem to think that yeah. for some well, reason." Well, I mean, it, it could company. have been good. I, I don't just. I mean, it's never going to exist. I mean, it might exist in twenty years' time, but like moving it to America is a 
pointless thing. It's a pointless change other than to make it appeal to Americans more. But it wouldn't necessarily make it bad. It'd just make it really but hard. Americans love it anyway. Yeah, it would have made it really hard for us Brits to access it because they'd be like, well, it's we'll be like, it's set in England. It's England, he's... Harry, Harry Potter's from Surrey. He's a fucking posh boy. He's not from New York City. Why has he got guns in the school? <laughs> He's not from New York City. Why is he travelling all the way to Portland, Oregon to go to school? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I would be massively against it being Americanized. All of the charm of the film franchise comes from it being British. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I agree with that. And all the funny acts. Yeah, I love both, but the uh, the book is just over slightly better. Just over slightly better. Yeah, I don't want to say it's miles ahead of the film because the the film is a very good version of the story. Yeah, but then the film wouldn't be good if it wasn't for the book. So, sure, well, you could say possible. that about any. You don't have to pick the source material because it's the first. And I will. I'm going to start saying that for every single episode from now on. <laughs> it wasn't for the book, we wouldn't have the film. Thus, well, in Civil War, I'm sure we both picked. The yeah, film. we did. We did. So. We're going to have to pick at some point uh, uh, an adaptation that is shit instead of all these good ones that we've picked for Series One. <laughs> we've got to lure him in. We've got to lure him in. Reel him in. Right? Should we? Should we call it a day on that? Yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah. Do you? Work- <laughs> I thought you said yeah. I'm- I'm bored, bored right now. Uh, do you... I will. I will sum up very briefly the the bad reviews. Some of them. Some of them said that uh, it was boring, bland, and muggy. And someone even said that they wish Tim Burton had directed it, <laughs> which I do not hate the idea. <laughs> of. It would be interesting to see. It would have been very interesting to see. Would you like? But yeah. Other than that, would you like to announce what the series finale is? The series finale is next week, which could come... My well, next episode. Yeah, it's, we've, we've become very fluid any with when we record and post these. <laughs> Since the lockdown was lifted and we've started working again and have social lives yes. again. The release schedule is not as rigid as it was during lockdown. <laughs> and we're also due to go back into the studio soon. Boom, baby. So me and Pete are in a band, for those who don't yep. know. Uh, so we'll be very busy after the finale but the finale is drumroll please Star Wars episode 1 The Phantom Menace I was thinking of joining in with you then but it would have sounded so shit when you were matching up our audio <laughs> that I thought I'd better not <laughs> I'll, wait until, I'll wait until we're in the same room together before yeah, we do we're that. doing the same as we did this episode. We mentioned Star Wars a lot this episode. I know he went, oh, that's good what we're doing next yeah. week a few times. Um, but we'll but, but flip reverse in it. So this was, a, Harry Potter was a book made into a film. We're doing the film of The Phantom Menace, novelised. The novelisation that followed the film. Yes. Which I've started reading today. Yes, I, I finished reading it. I finished reading it and then gave it, gave, gave it to you. It's, it's an interesting read. I'll save save all my points for for the actual episode because this concise Harry Potter episode is now pushing over two hours on the recording so we'll let it finish and we'll okay. come back to Star Wars next time I won't say next, next week I don't want to be called, when called out plan, a liar if we can get our uh, hardware situation sorted out is to be in the same room drinking loads of whiskey talking about Star Wars God. so prepare for the four hour special yeah boy
<laughs> if you would, uh, if you would like to hear us talk about Star Wars, we already have talked about Star Wars as guests on Talk Nerdy to Me UK's podcast, which we, we will link to anyone who uh, who doesn't know about them. They were our friends, and we talked about Star Wars with them in a basement of a pub once, and it was really, really fucking good. All day, all fucking day, it was amazing. We went to Liverpool. That was really what fun. What pub was it called? Can you remember? Dead Crafty. Dead Crafty by, by Moorfields in Liverpool. and Liverpool. And we went downstairs, yeah. didn't we? Oh, that was fun. That was a that was a really good day. So yeah, uh, your turn to trigger the theme tune. Um, As... what, what do you want me to do? Go on, give me a brief. I want you to make up a spell to trigger the theme oh. tune. And it can't be over the top bad. It has to be believable. It can't okay. be too uh, too long. Um, theme tunium startium. <laughs> that was fucking shit. <laughs>